Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Jordan Peterson got suspended on Twitter for making a tweet about an actress with the last name Page. I'll just put it that way. Who's in Umbrella Academy? He made a tweet referencing an individual named Ellen Page, who now goes by Elliot Page. How about how's that work for you? And uh, is refusing to apologize, so it looks like it's going to be a permanent suspension. But there is really, really big news. Jordan Peterson uh, and Dennis Prager have signed with the Daily Wire. The Daily Wire announced they got 890,000 paying subscribers. And uh, I was so jealous, I punched my monitor. I was like, oh, the Daily Wire. No, I'm just kidding. I'm really excited <laughs> for these guys because their victory is our victory. Watching the corporate press and the establishment fizzle out and implode. CNN Plus couldn't even fail on time. They ended up imploding a few days early. It's amazing. And then the Daily Wire is taking off to see all of this success, to see Jordan Peterson getting more funding, to see money coming in, to see everyone supporting the Daily Wire. It's just good news. It's just all around good news. And that's because it's not all good news. So I decided, you know, we we're originally going to leave with the, with the uh, Joe Biden story where he said, you're going to pay high gas prices as long as it takes for him to... Uh, Win in Ukraine. Great. Uh, Joe Biden's political ambitions are going to dictate why you can't afford to pay for gas. But, you know, I decided it's a little dark and, uh, you know, let's, let's switch it up and talk about the good news. I mean, it is kind of bad news that Jordan Peterson got suspended. But we'll talk about that. Plus, we got some crazy news. The EPA is lost in the Supreme Court. Supreme Court basically said the EPA can't regulate carbon emissions, which is a huge knock on federal authority. So now it's just hilarious. All of the losses the left has received, gun rights, Roe v. Wade, and now the EPA, they are freaking out. AOC, of course, going on Colbert and saying that the Supreme Court's illegitimate or whatever. She's extreme. Nancy Pelosi says they're extremist. Well, they're really, really upset. But the Democrats are going to use all of that energy to try and win in the midterms. We'll see, because I'm not convinced. After all of the really bad stuff that happened to the left because the Supreme Court made correct rulings, when Joe Biden comes out and says, you're going to pay high gas prices as long as it takes, I'm pretty sure people are going to be like, as long as it takes is until you're voted out of office, dude, because it's not going to be that long. So we'll talk about all that. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. The Daily Wire has 890,000 subscribers. So we just need to add about 800 and some odd thousand people to our website, and then we can be as big as they are. But uh, we're doing a lot of stuff here uh, as well. We brought in Jamie Kilstein to help us do the uh, the vlog, Cast Castle, which we're, we're, we're slowly building it up to kind of like a fictional version of, the, of, of our office. So it'll be like a sitcom with gags and bits. We've always been trying to do that, but you have to slowly build up to it. And we're not just throwing tons of money into it. But with your support... We can ramp up production across the board. We got Tales from the Inverted World launching season two tomorrow. It's going to be big plus the book. So we got a bunch of stuff in the works. We've got new people coming on board. We've got new shows planned. And with your support as members, there won't just be one massive company taking over the cultural establishment. There will be two. (laughs) Tim Cass will be doing it as well. So sign up. We're going to have a members only show coming up for you at 11 p.m. That will be at TimCast.com. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Without further ado, joining us to talk about all of these fun stories is Spike Cohen. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Who are you? 
I am Spike Cohen. I am uh, the founder and chair of an organization I started uh, about a month ago called You Are the Power, which is a grassroots libertarian political activism group. Uh, I am uh, a retired business owner. Uh, I am first and foremost uh, the husband to objectively the greatest woman to ever uh, walk this planet, Tasha Cohen. Uh, and uh, in my spare time, I cyber bully federal agencies and uh, <laughs> elected officials until they delete their social media accounts. Nice. Has that actually happened? A few times, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, we've got, I think, 12 right. total. Uh, uh, wow. Mostly local and state, but yeah, a few DAs we've chased off the internet and stuff but like that. But you don't that. mean, like, literally cyberbully. You mean challenge their authority. Yeah, so I should say t- cyberbully is, and we don't threaten or, or anything like right, that, right. but really just, uh, I- I'm actually um, almost, um, like, saccharine sweet in the way i'm like hi there how are you doing by the way can we talk about this thing and so i'm i'm almost i'm very congenial about it but in a way that makes them want to leave the internet forever so it should be it'll be interesting talking about the epa stuff with you especially sure absolutely yeah yeah. Yeah. we also have mary morgan hello thank you for having me on a second time i didn't say anything to get you canceled last time i'm still in your good graces right so you earned your way back on yeah i'm the co-host of pop culture crisis i'm gonna shill it all night tonight (laughs) we just got over thirty thousand, so now it's the race to forty thousand with inverted world one hundred thousand eventually pop culture crisis is one of our shows so mary and brett dasovic host the show yes talking about pop culture issues and and cultural issues as well it's the more it's the more cultural side of the conversation so we talk a lot about heavy politics and stuff like the epa and joe biden and you guys were talking about like woke hollywood stuff yeah uh today we were talking about how james bond is getting a reinvention which could mean something very bad he's gonna be a black woman i think Right? Uh, yeah, maybe paraplegic too, I heard. No. Really? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I, I, I believe it. The fact that you believe it, 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 it says a lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we also got Ian. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm actually going to be on Pop Culture Crisis tomorrow with Mary and mm-hmm. Brett. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so come and check it out. And uh, I'm looking forward to communicating tonight with, with compassion, not letting my emotions get the best of me, just listening. Well, not just listening, but listening in addition to talking. Yes. <laughs> Excellent Spike. strategy. Pop culture crisis is 100% a house like hobby. I'm always on on Wednesday. Sometimes I go on with Andy. Ian's on Fridays. Got a bunch of our journalists on there. It's always a good time. You guys should for sure check it out. Let's get to 40K next. Yeah. All right. Let's jump to this first story from the National Post. Jordan Peterson suspended from Twitter. Says it might as well be a ban because I won't apologize. Yeah. Quote. If I can't be let back on because I won't apologize, I could care less, Jordan Peterson told the National Post after Twitter suspended his account over a tweet about Elliot Page. I don't think Jordan Peterson said anything about Elliot Page. Did not, no. He was referring to an Ellen Page. Mm-hmm. On June 28th, the controversial author, I like how they say he's controversial, clinical psychologist and professor emeritus at the University of Toronto lost access to most of his Twitter account features because of a tweet he posted earlier in the week that used transgender actor Elliot Page's former name and suggested he had his breasts removed by a criminal physician. So that, see, he said, quote, I penned an irritated tweet in response to one of the latest happenings on the increasingly heated culture war front, Peter told the National Post. As far as Peterson is concerned, the temporary suspension might as well have been a ban because he would rather die than delete the tweet in question, he said. It, does the tweet stay up when that happens? I think so. I'm going to have to check it out. It stays really? up private, I think. Private? They want you to be the one to take it down, to admit you're Which wrong. Is so Which is psychologically manipulated. That's a very psychological move. It's like no one can see it, but you have to remove it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like we could remove it, but you have to do it or, right. you're, or you can't come back a on. A tone. Very interesting. Exactly. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Making a kid go out into the woods and pick his own switch. Yeah, it is very much I, so. Yes, it's but I think it's a legal ideas. thing. <laughs> I think it's a <laughs> legal it? thing. Is it? Yeah, I think they're like we can't tell Their liability? you liability. Yeah, like we can't we can't remove it because then we're directly involved or something like and that. Also, then where's the proof? Uh, if it's you're like, probably, hey, where's your proof that I violated the terms? There's nothing up. Right. But then there's also, I mean, like Facebook's removed all sorts of stuff I've put up over the years. And I, I'm sure uh, Twitter has actually been fairly good to me on most stuff. But but uh, in terms of, I mean, I think they can remove stuff, but maybe only if it's, like you said, violating the terms. And if this is something that doesn't technically violate their terms, they're like, okay, well, we're just going to make you remove it. I'm honestly not sure what it is. I, I, it also might be because he's so prominent they don't want to remove it. They want him to remove it and make that, you know, like atonement for it. Yes. I, I honestly don't know. If this was a small account, they would have gotten they nuked. They just, in two yeah, seconds. get nuked. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Send a message. But I, I think the principal issue as to why he got suspended was because he said criminal, he said criminal physician, I think is what he said, mm-hmm. right? Is that what he said? Yeah, what's, what he said. His, what's his exact criminal tweet? Physician. Right. And that's it right there. The insinuation of a crime or something is probably why they took it down. Oh, uh, okay. Dead naming. Yeah. Yep. Not dead naming. No? I no. That I was the policy. Um, I don't know. I, I, I issued a tweet. Like, so, so often when people get suspended for stuff like this, I will tweet something out. Similar. In the same vein, but specifically like jumping over the landmines of the rules. Yeah. So that I can effectively say something similar, but to prove a point, kind of just like make, make the point. Yeah, I didn't get suspended. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, knock on wood, spoke too soon. But, uh, after I heard that Jordan Peterson got suspended, I tweeted, who is Ellen Page and what does breast removed mean? Yeah. So by posing it as a question, the issue is with you know YouTube and these other all these platforms, they don't want you attacking people. That's the real issue. They don't mind you criticizing people, but what Twitter, YouTube, and these other platforms have said, you know, behind the scenes, or I mean, actually, they say it overtly, is their goal is a healthier conversation. So if you're being critical of someone, but you're doing it calmly, they're fine with it. But if you start calling names and stuff, then that's when they. So you think it was more about the the criminal accusation than about uh, calling uh, Elliot Ellen. It's, 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 it's kind of vague. But the idea is these big social media platforms, they don't want to cultivate a culture around everyone throwing rocks and mud at each other. Right. So I, I talked to Google and they told me, because like, you know, we have Google partners. I actually know a ton of people work at Google. And they said, we're trying to just clamp down on people who are angry, nasty people who make their shows based on just being nasty and mean. Right. And they were like, obviously your show is nothing like that, so you have nothing to worry about. Mm. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I was like, I mean, I don't believe you, uh, to be completely <laughs> honest, but it, I appreciate you said that to me. Right, right. Just as a side note, I looked up the terms of service for Twitter, and it says they do prohibit targeting others with repeated slurs, tropes, other content that intends to dehumanize, degrade, or reinforce negative, harmful stereotypes. This includes targeted misgendering or dead naming. So I think that might have been what did so it. So that might have been it. Not sure. Or it might have been both, yeah. yeah. So if you're a small account on Twitter, you get no benefit of the doubt. Right, of course. They just nuke you in two seconds. They don't care. For Jordan Peterson, if 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 the you know the crim- putting criminal in there, 
I think is what put him over the edge of they're, they're saying like you're you're attacking you're, right. you're you know being mean and nasty or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was the dead naming. It probably played a role. Probably couldn't help. But I don't think Jordan Peterson knows who Elliot Page is or anything about that. You know right, what I mean? Right, I think right. he just saw something and was like, I can't believe they did this. Oh, I'm a tweet about it. It's <laughs> criminal. And then they were like, you're gone. Yeah, yeah. So the, it might have been the the dead naming that got their attention. But the, you know, the letter of the rule that was broken was the criminal accusation. Yeah, here's an interesting question, right? It is true that for a while, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and big social media platforms, we're seeing a lot of people become very prominent off of just being really nasty. Now, the problem is the left is still extremely nasty, and they get away with it all the time. So I recognize it's a problem. My problem is, like, maybe you guys should um, actually, actually do something to to calm people down and and foster healthier conversations instead of just banning conservatives yeah this is why last night we talked about christianity i brought up like the cult of christianity i think when you're criticizing a cult it's different than criticizing the individuals if you're criticizing the tenets of a cult like the transgender ideologies of like i was born in a male body but i want to call myself a woman now if you question that that's really not a big problem. If you go after the individuals that are experiencing it, then you're on hot water. Like he brought up Ellen's or El- Elliot's name, Ellen Page, Elliot Page. And now that's like, yo, now you're bringing someone into it, an innocent bystander, right, almost a right. part, someone that's part of it. Yeah. I think there's something to be said, a difference between someone giving their, in their mind, principal take either way on the transgender debate or discussion and like for example on the on the anti side you know going after uh, you know making fun of suicide rates or something and and you know uh, going after individual people with memes about suicide or something like that that goes over the line of having a discussion about their disagreement with the idea of gender not being tied to biological sex and actually saying well I'm going to attack this person so that would be an example of that uh, and obviously there are other examples on the other side as well but you know it's the difference between between having even a heated debate and going at someone personally, like you said, to your point, attacking them. Well, here, here's here's an issue. Jordan Peterson has a lot of very, very important things to say, least of which is his comments about Elliot Page. Right. Should he just say, fine, delete the tweet so he can carry on saying the more important things to his 2.8 million followers? This is the, This is the challenge. I think Jordan should probably set up a truth social account or something where he can tweet all day about these ideas right but not give up the battlefield over this one thing it's it, it's tough isn't it I that's mean, a judgment call for him to make he has to it really comes down to he has to decide how important what he was trying to say in that tweet was right like is that worth giving that up and it's not just what's in that tweet but the idea of something that jordan peterson has said a lot is uh i'm not going to say uh, something that I don't agree with just because it'll make things easier. So if that's, you know, the hill he's willing to die on, even if it's not necessarily in and of itself that important, he may back away from the whole thing. And, and that's, you know, it, I'm not even saying that that's, that I agree with, with that decision being made, but, you know, he's the one that built that platform or built that audience and it was on that kind of principle. So it's, it's a tough, it's a judgment call, man. Like if he asked me, what would I, what should I do? I'm not sure I'd have a good answer for him. It feels like, a metaphor for this would be, or some kind of example, Jordan Peterson, they swept the leg. They knocked him down. And he says, you're not supposed to sweep the leg, so I'm done I'm done fighting. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't lose. The fight's still happening. Yeah. Don't walk away just because they pulled a cheap shot. Right. Get up and try and win. And so the concern I have here is, 
I get that it was bad that they're censoring him. He should be allowed to express these ideas. They should not be censored. But if Jordan Peterson has a million important things to say, and one of them got him knocked down, it's not only did he say it, what he said has been blasted off a million fold. Everyone's seen it, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's been seen substantially more than ever before, and he can say, I got my message out there. Let's get back to work. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the challenge with the censorship issues. Is everybody's saying, like, we shouldn't be on YouTube. And I'm like, retreat from the battlefield so that we can go into a high school parking lot and talk to no one? Yeah. Or recognize there are certain things that will get us kicked off the battlefield and we got to fight with, with what, you know, space we have. Yeah. And then we set up the TimCast.com, you know, members only show so that we can try and still deal this. We are working on stuff behind the scenes in terms of infrastructure. It just, we can only go as fast as humans can go, but hopefully we'll have some big announcements coming soon. And um, I think I, I, I kind of feel like Jordan's made his point. He can come back on Twitter and he can start smack talking again. You should go for it. I think you made a good point, Spike, that he's made kind of his career around or a big part of his career is like, I'm not going to use compelled. You cannot compel me to say something right. I don't believe. And in this situation, I think if he did recant and say, OK, fine, I fine, I'll do whatever you want. I'll, I'll bend the knee that he'll lose. 30 percent of his followers, yeah. or like they'll just lose faith in him. And right now, he's got the faith of humanity on his side. So wherever he goes, whatever he does, people will listen. People will follow. He he also yeah. could be um, playing the long game of expecting Elon Musk to purchase Twitter so he can come back triumphant. However, many weeks, months from now, and say, "See, look, I didn't, I didn't bend. Yeah. I said what I said, and I'm not going to back off. And you know, you can <clears throat> take that to the bank that I'll never back off of uh, of something that I believe." Um, and you know, if that ends up uh, if that ends up playing out that way, then uh, he ended up playing a much longer game than the here's, rest here's, of us. Here's an idea: he can uh, take his tweet down, and then ish- and then as soon as his account is reopened, issue a new tweet tweet saying, "Follow me on Truth Social because screw this platform, they're censorious." Try and uh, pull as many one. of their users off the platform as possible to make them suffer. Yeah. That's one way to do it. I mean, look, if Jordan Peterson's saying he's going to nuke, his, he's, he's never coming back to Twitter. It's like, all right, give him give him one one final show. Come back on and be like, come on, everybody, party's out here. Let's get out of here. And then delete your own account. And then, or you just put a big, <laughs> if you want to see what Jordan Peterson say, here's the link to tw- Truth Social. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the way you got to do it, man. Do minds. Truth Social's, Trump will ban you for talking crap about him on Truth I, Social. I, that's true. I have to give a <laughs> shout out to my friend Reed Coverdale because what he does is whenever a new, you know, so-called free speech platform comes out, he immediately goes on, creates an account, and says a bunch of stuff that, that, you know, ticks conservatives off. And so, you know, immediately go on there and be like, you know, uh, I, I don't, I'm not even sure if I should say this stuff because we're streaming on YouTube. Smart. But, uh, saying a, a bunch of various things that might, uh, uh, tick people off on the center right and see how quickly it takes him to get kicked off. And it's, it's usually measured in minutes or hours. Um, and, uh, and so he says, you know, these typically, and I, I'm not sure about truth social, uh, particularly, but in general, um, any of these things, it's, it's typically, it's more not necessarily free speech. In, in, in entirely, but more conservative friendly speech as opposed to the other, the Twitter version where it's more progressive or centrist friendly speech. Um, he has a, he has a, so far, in, uh, he's batting a thousand for getting knocked off these platforms. Shout out to Reed Coverdale. Yes. Nice job. Let's talk about what's going on with Jordan Peterson, man. This is Jordan Peterson Newsday. Daily Wire, yeah. the new streaming service, Daily Wire Plus, signed Jordan Peterson to a multi year deal. I was laughing all night. So this news came out uh, basically during our show yesterday. Yeah. And then when I found out, I started laughing. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. CNN Plus couldn't last three weeks. 
They were supposed <laughs> to implode within a month, and then even a few days early, they couldn't even fail on time. And watching their just collapse. Then CNN had this announcement that like their daytime host was just like, I'm quitting. I'm tired of being tired. I don't want to do this anymore. And then Daily Wire is expanding rapidly. They're signing new shows. They're launching new shows. They're, they're bringing in Dennis Prager and Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. In April, they had 600,000 subscribers. Now they have 890,000 subscribers. And so it's just a good day. You know what I say? I was saying this earlier. I'm not motivated by money. I'm not doing this because I want to buy a Ferrari, a Lambo, and build a mansion or anything like that. No, I, I would love nothing more than to walk out of my hut into a field of fresh fruit and, and, and farm them and smile upon a grateful universe knowing that we have snapped out of existence the corporate press and the establishment garbage manipulative trash. I want to see the liars called out. I want to see accountability from the establishment. The Daily Wire is doing that good for them. We want to do that too. That's what I want to do every single day. So when I see the Daily Wire pulling this off and I see CNN failing, I know that we are, we are, we are winning. It's a big turn in the tide, Winning. man. That's a that's a well, like a extremely established turn in the in the momentum of if you want to call it culture war, like the sense of the. I mean, they've they've not only have they increased their subscriber base by like twenty thirty percent in like three months, yeah, which was massive. What, what was it? Six hundred thousand to nine hundred thousand. Yep. That's a fifty percent increase. Yeah. yeah, yep. Yeah, it's this is really really monumental. At, well, that's at, from one documentary. That's from Matt's. I am a wo- mostly uh, what yes. is a woman. What is that's a, woman? a big part is that of what it. that came from? Tw- I think Gina Carano, of course, the <clears throat> yeah. the Terror on the Prairie came out. Gina's just a superstar right now. I mean, she's a big part of the momentum of that and deserves the, just, the notoriety she's getting. Let's just do some math real quick. Twelve dollars per month, three hundred thousand people per month. It's like one point seven million. One. No, it's 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 three point six. Three point six million per month. Per month. Added on top of their existing six hundred thousand, so they're they're hitting like, I think I think the math is ten point six million dollars per month, per month. It's just in subscriptions in too, subscriptions, and that's not in count, yeah. counting their ad revenue. Yeah, yeah. man, I'm merchandise, jealous. all that stuff. Yeah. We got to get three hundred employees, <laughs> eight hundred ninety thousand website. You know, but you know, it's it's snowball rolling downhill. They've been doing this for seven, eight years now, right? So they're really, really taking mm-hmm. off, and. uh Man, it just feels good, man. You know, sitting yeah. back and just seeing their success. It was really funny because when the news broke, I tweeted out saying, holy ish. And then I have these lefty journalists being like, haha, lol, and laughing. And I'm just like, bro, you're like on the verge of being unemployed. What are you laughing about? You're going to go, you're going to go manage an AMC? Like, what, what are you doing? I got question now is, is Jordan an American citizen? Is he going to get his American citizenship after this? Like he's. No, he's Canadian. I don't know. Moving to Tennessee. Is he going to go to Nashville? He's probably going to, or is he just keeping on with keeping on? I don't know. I don't think he has to be an American citizen to do a contract with. No, but does he get to become one now? I know he's fed up with the Canadian government. I mean, he said some really, really, he's one of Justin Trudeau's probably most accurate, harshest critics and Um, justifiably so. I don't know if you know this, but I'm pretty sure you can just buy citizenship. Like if you're rich. At that point, yeah. yeah. At that point. And then you reach a certain point where it makes sense to renounce your citizenship for tax purposes. <laughs> right. So I'm not sure where he falls in that spectrum on whether it makes sense for him to become a citizen or to renounce it. Well, are Canadian taxes higher or lower than the U.S.? 
The income tax, well, now with the increase. Um, I think our taxes might be higher. I think that at the higher level, the income tax is higher. Where Canada gets you isn't necessarily the income tax being higher. And in fact, their corporate tax uh, for the larger corporations is lower. A lot of American companies like Burger King was a famous one that moved to being a Canadian company for the income, for the corporate tax purpose. It's the property taxes and the sales taxes. It's the, it's the middle class that they're hitting with the real taxes. It's yeah. the, the rich aren't, aren't the ones getting it. Also the uh, censorship tax, which uh, is, is unquantifiable. I, I, it's kind of like uh, Einstein fleeing Nazi Germany before it got bad. Like he saw the writing on the well, wall yeah. and was like, "Yo, I'm, well, I mean, they've buddy, also, I'm out." They've also had the "not allowed to leave your province unless you're vaccinated" tax that they finally uh, lifted earlier this month. So, um, I mean, there's, there's, a, I mean, if you're talking about overall burden, then uh, it goes beyond property taxes. But. I saw a picture from a Canadian airport, and they were like, "There's like four hour waits or six hour waits at the airport, and it's just bags every yep. this huge yep. line. Yep. And yep. What are they? What is he putting in there? It's all Trudeau's fault. What he's putting these." people through yeah I, I i i just don't believe these people are happy i just can't imagine they're happy living in canada yeah. all all the canadian people i know are like trying to come to america <laughs> i'm not even kidding though yeah and then it was funny i was hanging out with some canadian friends and i was ragging on canada and they were getting really mad they were like you americans are so arrogant and i'm like you're trying so hard to come here dude and they're like that's still americans are so arrogant and i'm like yeah <laughs> you want to be here, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of, getting bad. I agree the American arrogance is grotesque because we really need to live the ideals of the Constitution. You know, it's not just – it's not fair to, like, rest on our laurels because they worked so hard and intelligently to build that awesome document. And Yeah, I don't know. I think this country is going to implode. Like, we, I, I didn't want to leave with the story, but I was talking about the DOD earlier saying they're going to keep performing abortions regardless of whether the states ban them. Right. And I'm like, what happens if a woman – Let's say you've got uh, an active service personnel who lives in uh, Texas where they've just banned abortion. And she goes to a military base to get an abortion. And they have a civilian doctor contracting on the military base to perform abortions. Yeah. I'm pretty sure – I don't know about Texas, but I know there are laws that say that if, if you leave to pursue an abortion or aid and abet someone getting an abortion, you can be criminally charged. So I kind of, I'm, I'm feeling like in Texas – if, if, if you live in the state and go to federal jurisdiction, the federal government's like, don't worry, you can't be prosecuted for what we do here. It's legal. When you come back, they'll be like, no, we have a law that says it doesn't matter where you go to do it. It's illegal. So I think about stuff like that and I'm like, yeah, I, I think the U.S. is kind of about to explode, you know? It's but, but, you know, I, I say that just to provide a little like juxtaposition to this good news about the culture war because I don't think it, it means that the end is nigh. It just means we're in for a conflict. A revolution. Or something. Something. What, I mean, from the libertarian take, what we're hoping for is to move towards peaceful decentralization. And the first step in that is, and this is something I'm working on, you know, on with you or the power, is local, county, and state level nullification of bad laws higher up the food chain that they don't like. Like and the NFA. Li like the NFA. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Missouri became a Second Amendment sanctuary state. And uh, I think New Hampshire just did. Uh, yes. And what the ATF has already said, um, and uh, Border Patrol had to say this with the immigration sanctuary states, and I mean, we know that they've had to do this with all the cannabis sanctuary states, that without the local authorities doing the like over 90% of the heavy lifting and the actual enforcement of these laws, it's functionally impossible for them to be able to do it. Love to see it. Good. That's good. Well, California started it. 
They wanted to do all the immigration stuff, and now we're going to see all the two-way stuff. And the cannabis stuff. And the cannabis immigration, stuff. Immigration right, and cannabis. Okay, great. Well, now we're doing it for everything. That's right. And and the beauty of that is not just the, the real-world implications of being able to nullify bad state and federal policy at the local level. It also empowers the citizen to know that their vote isn't just cast into the, into the ether. They can take over their city, their county, and eventually their state and get rid of all the garbage that they don't have the wherewithal to stop at Capitol Hill. They can just stop it from being effectively enforced where they live. Where we are right now in maryland there are i think i think it's three counties signed letters saying they wanted to secede from maryland to join west virginia Mm. it's never going to happen but the county we're in actually declared a two-way sanctuary it doesn't mean a whole lot because the state didn't yeah and so you still got to get clearance from the state police to make sure because the the laws make no sense here for guns but uh, up in new hampshire the governor just signed a bill that said they're no longer going to cooperate with the feds. And people need to understand the feds don't have the ability to police At this country. All. It's not yeah. even close. The states have to do it for them. So the, the, the interesting thing is when I'm reading about what was happening with um, the, the DOD basically saying, like, we're going to keep doing abortions regardless of what the state law is, I'm like, can federal agents be arrested for breaking state laws? Do you know the answer to that question? Uh, I mean, the states can certainly arrest them for it. Uh, it's then going to have to work its way through adjudication to see if that's upheld. The simple answer is, well, obviously, of course, right? If a fe- if an FBI agent is caught, like, robbing a bank, yep. it is, of course, is going to get charged. But what I mean is, if in their duties as federal officers, yep. they break state law, can the state arrest them? I think you have a duty to do it because, I mean, the, the union as it stands mm-hmm. is just a contract amongst the states. The only thing, the only reason the federal government even exists is because we're letting it exist per the, our contract with the Constitution. Well, they, they say that federal, so this is an interesting thing. They say it's a supremacy clause, things, things like that. Yeah. The federal government's laws supersede the state. So if California says weed's legal and the feds say no, it's not, the feds can go into California and enforce their law. But what about the inverse? What if the feds say a cop carrying a high-capacity magazine, as it's defined by these blue states, they say, no, 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 police aren't allowed to carry those either now. And the feds go in with Glock 17s. Can the state say, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you're doing, you broke the law? I think you've that's pre- what I can't find. I think you've predicted the next uh, one of the next big uh, contentious things to be handled at the at the federal court level because um, that is likely to happen as the the um, the gap between what the federal government's priorities and rules are and what the state's uh, priorities and rules are. That's going to lead to conflict and. It's not happening in Washington, D.C. It's not happening on federal land. It's happening on state property, on, on, in, in state jurisdictions. That's who's likely to get arrested. We know the feds will arrest someone at the state level, uh, you know, in a, in a Texas second. Let, let, no let me, let me, let me actually, let's, let's pull the story up and dive into it. We have this from sure. NBC News. Pentagon says Supreme Court's Roe ruling won't affect abortions on military facilities. Right. The military will continue providing abortions in cases of rape or incest or when the mother's life is at risk, a top Pentagon official said. Okay, Texas does not allow those exceptions, rape and incest, only the health of the mother, right. the, the life of the mother. So my question is, let's say you, you have a civilian doctor mm-hmm. and a female army you know, personnel. Yeah. They, she lives off base. She's married. Civilian doctor does not live on base, yep. but he contracts the hospital on base. Or not even that. He doesn't need to be civilian. Let's say he's a, he's, he's active duty military as well, lives off base. They both, under the jurisdiction, living under the jurisdiction of Texas, are subject to its laws and rules. If you are in the army 
and you break the law, you face military court and civilian court. You get in trouble two times. Yep. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we know they have to obey the laws. Obviously, you can't have a person to be like, I'm in the military so I can do what I want. So they go into the military base. She gets an abortion. The doctor performs it. There is now a record of that having occurred. And the U.S. government has said you cannot be criminally charged or penalized civilly for having this procedure regardless of the state law. Right. But some of these states have actually, uh, I don't know if they've passed them yet, they say if you aid and abet an abortion, you're guilty of a crime. So that means the doctor and the woman, regardless of where it's performed, coming back into that state could be arrested because they have committed the crime according to that state. Right. What happens if the state then says, we don't care what the Fed said, and they arrest this contractor or two active duty military and the military is like, you can't arrest them. It's not illegal. And they say it is here. Yeah. What happens when states start arresting military personnel? Well, I think there are three things there. One is the what happens when the states start arresting them. The second part is, is a law that says you can't do something effectively somewhere else, somewhere outside of our jurisdiction, is that going to be able to hold up in court? And then also the question of specific to this, uh, what if the feds just stop recording it? What if the feds just, it's, you know, no questions asked, uh, abortions being performed, and they just don't, you know, have and I got one more for anything. you. Okay. Woman's in the military. She is married. Mm. They get pregnant. The man says, I really think we should have this kid. And she says, I don't. Yeah. And he says, I re- refuse to allow the abortion to happen. I think it's wrong. I think it's murder. And she says, too bad. He knows where she goes. He knows who does it, and he reports it to the local state, to, to the state police. You know, maybe they're not married because I don't know if a husband would do that. But let's say there's like, oh, she hooks up with a guy. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And the guy's just like, I refuse yeah. to allow you to get abor- an abortion. Yeah. I, I reject this. So he reports her. Hmm. Doesn't matter if the feds are tracking it or not. If it, you know that you have a witness come out, and then the feds take the active duty person in, say we're going to interrogate you for uh, part, as part of our investigation, and she says, yes, I did it, and it was legal. It was on federal jurisdiction. And they say. Okay, stand up, hands behind your back, you're under arrest, you have rights to remain silent. She's like, what? How is this happening? And they say, the law states if you aid and abet an abortion and yep. go somewhere, it doesn't matter where it took place. I don't know if Texas has that ruling, but the general idea, I suppose, is it's not necessarily the same thing as – I think it might have been like Iowa or Idaho where they said if you aid and abet. But if this military base is in Texas – the feds might be like it happened on federal jurisdiction. Texas yep. might still say you're still in Texas. You still live under our laws. And regardless of that, let's just say letter of the law. No, no, no. They can't do that, right? Okay. Well, according to James Buchanan, states weren't legally allowed to secede either. It didn't stop them. 
Right. So what happens if you get a Christian conservative prosecutor in Texas who says we have made it illegal to kill babies? And then you went into a military base and killed a baby. I'm going to, I'm going to charge you and I'm going to bring, I'm, I'm going to take it all the way to the top because I believe it's the right thing to do. It doesn't matter what the federal government thinks they're protected on. And then right. what? The feds are going to be like trying to pull their people out of the jail, filing lawsuits. Yeah. Does it end in a legal battle or does it end with the state police surrounding federal law enforcement vehicles at gunpoint and saying you're under arrest? What happens then if a federal agent tries getting the woman out, even though she's a known fugitive of state law? Is it possible Texas then says you've aided and abetted a fugitive? I don't care if you're doing it. The feds have no authority to super, to, to undermine our laws. Think about it this way. Let's say a federal agent, let's say a female member of the army murders a kid, hits him with a car, and it was on duty driving a military vehicle and the kid dies. And the state says, you are driving recklessly. We have a witness. You're under arrest. And then the military says, no, she was on, she was active duty. It was an accident. We reject those charges. What happens? Can- oh, there, I mean, that's obvious, right? Like if it's, if it's on, you know, in the jurisdiction of the state where this gets mucky would be if she did it on a military base and the military said, we're handling it. And the state said, no, it's in our jurisdiction. Right. My understanding of that is that that wouldn't be their jurisdiction. All right. Let's try this. But we could also talk about there could be a prosecutor who says, you know, reality of power. Stop me. Right. The court said I can't do it. The Supreme Court said I can't do it. I'm doing it anyway. Come and stop me. Here, uh, so, so just throwing hypotheticals out there. I, yeah. I'm not saying any th- any of these are like highly probable. Uh, pizza delivery guy. He he goes. He drives on a base, and they're like, "What are you here for?" And he's like, "I got to deliver a pizza to base housing." And they're like, "All right, we're gonna search your vehicle, and then you're cool." And then he's driving in, and then while on duty as an MP, she crashes into him, flips him over, killing him. And yeah. she was she was not paying attention, and she made an illegal lane change. Yeah. And the military says, "We are not prosecuting this. We think it was an accident." And then the family of the of the driver says, "He's a civilian who's in our state. We reject this. We want him charged." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's highly likely in most circumstances. In that case, they'd be like, "It happened on a military base." The feds are going to have to handle yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe that that's, there's already some longstanding precedent, um, both, uh, I'm not even sure if it had to be judicial. I think that's understanding that on military base, that is federal land. That's not, that's not state jurisdiction. So where the question arises then, where this starts to become more akin to the Civil War is women going to federal military, going to military bases yep. when they're not active duty to get abortions. Yep. The state knows they're doing it. Yep. Does the state say to the federal government, Stop breaking our laws or else. And the feds say it's our military base. You can't do anything about it. And they say we will send in state police to arrest these women. The moment they step foot out, they're getting arrested because you are like if people start going on a military basis, they they say. And and again, I know this is a bit of a stretch. They're going to be providing abortions. I think it's typically only done for military personnel on military bases. But there are people on the left arguing for effectively using making them sanctuaries for abortion. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um. So my my suggestion is, is this direction the direction we may be going? Oh, very much. Po- I mean, you want to talk about a culture war? Uh, there is a gap between those who see this as you know a, a woman exerting uh, autonomy over her body against a clump of cells, uh, a parasite, and other people are saying no. This is a, a murder of a baby every bit as much as if if the woman were to turn around and, and murder someone standing next to him. And and there's it's hard to have a compromise between that, right? And so if this plays out and and both sides are willing to go to the trenches over it, this could lead to what we're talking about, or even worse, on just even this specific subject. You made a good point. Reality of power. 
that they can say whatever they want. It, it matters matter. and who's willing to do something about it. Yep. And so I suppose the issue is let's take the moral issue of today with you, with abortion and, and go back in time to slavery. So let's say in the North, they said we've abolished slavery. And then let's say it's, let's say it's in, uh, Pennsylvania. And so it's right on the border of Maryland, which was a slave state. And then you have a military base there that has slaves and they're like, we don't care that you abolished this. We're keeping We're the just going to do it anyway. And John not, Brown yeah. would uh, probably lose it over that, yes. right? The, the abolitionists would be like, don't know, don't care. Yep. You can't do this. It's wrong. Yep. So that, that what, what I fear is it's just crazy to me that Texas would come out so strong. No exceptions for rape or incest. And the military says, we will. Like we're getting to that point where you just need to imagine it this way. If abortion is murder, at least in the eyes of the Christian conservatives, Mm -hmm. what they're basically saying is we will keep killing children and you can't stop us. Right. Yeah. At a certain point, law enforcement is going to be like, we have codified this in our law that you cannot do this and you are doing it. Yeah. Well, it's not murder. I don't care what what people believe. It's not murder. Let's keep that in mind. Why, Why is it not murder? It's not illegal. In Texas, it is. Well, in certain places, if you do it in the wrong spot, you might consider it a murder. I don't know if they're... Are you, are you, are you, are you saying from a legal standpoint? From a legal not, standpoint. Okay. Murder is a legal term. It's killing. Right. It's it's no, definitely no. a form of homicide. I mean, it depends on if you consider the lump in, of cells a, a human. Right. At so, what point does, in, are in, they legally it, it human? It is illegal in Texas. It is the unlawful killing of a person in Texas. Is it, It's literally... Is it a person from inception? Did they codify that? All I know is that abortions are illegal in Texas. Yeah, I don't, I don't I think... That I don't think they've, they, they've codified it as murder they've just as a as a criminal action okay um, so but, still but i don't murder. yeah because otherwise it would be uh it wouldn't just be going after providers it would be if you have an abortion if you're a, a pregnant woman that has an abortion you can face the death penalty for example i mean that that would be the level that would be Could at you if imagine they were, if the pro-life movement took it to the place where they were <laughs> killing mothers or for yeah. having abortions but, but you, you you know you talk to seamus even he's very pro-life he wants a national ban and even he doesn't want to go there right he's he, he views it more as the Doctors shouldn't be allowed to perform these things. He's not going to penalize the mothers who are, you know, in the in these positions or whatever. What makes me really bothers me is the idea that a state would would prosecute someone for something they did outside of the jurisdiction. I don't understand that, that. bothers me the most out of all of this. And I, and I mean, we could talk about my concerns about uh, how a war on abortion is just as successful as the war on drugs, war on terror, war on poverty, everything else. What happens when you get government involved as a regulatory body on something like pregnancy uh, and, the, <laughs> and the harm that comes from that? But the just inside of this, the biggest thing I'm concerned of on a broader scale is the idea of, oh, you did that over there? Yeah, no, don't ever come back or we'll arrest you. Like that, I mean, take that to its logical conclusion. It doesn't sound. Are there any other instances in the United I, I States? I don't believe that, it, that would be held up. I, I'm, there may be some some rule, but as far as I can think, I I, I can't think of an instance where um, going because I mean, you think you take that to its logical conclusion. It's not just within the U.S. That could mean someone that goes to uh you know the the Netherlands and tries uh you know uh, ketamine or, or tries cannabis or something, and then comes back to a state where it's illegal, gets arrested because they put it on social media that they did it. Um, and then you could even get more obscure with things that like violate a bi law in your county but they they don't violate a bylaw where you were i the, the enforcement mechanism there would be horrific and yeah it, it needs to be if, if there's going to be a semblance of rule of law it's the jurisdiction you are under those are the rules that you are under not not the crimes you committed 
and then come back or the the things you did there that were perfectly fine and legal but then you come back home or or wherever you reside and now it's it's illegal there so now you're going to be charged for a crime i mean imagine hard enough to figure out what's illegal in a given place where you are to try to figure out what's illegal any place you would then go after that yeah that i i can't see that being held up then that would be a major problem. And like and like uh, Tim said, we don't even know if Texas has that, but there are other states that have tried implementing that for abortion and some of these other things. And it's politicians, honestly, virtue signaling to their base. Not only can't they do it here, they can't do it anywhere. Well, that's probably not going to be held up. And would you want that to be held up? Like, would you want the government to tell you what you can and can't do when you aren't even in under their jurisdiction? I certainly wouldn't. No, no, not at all. Ian, I know you said um, abortion is not murder uh, from the legal standpoint of the word but then what do you make of uh murdering a pregnant woman being considered double homicide oh it's homicide it's just not murder homicide is the killing of a human um murder is the illegal i don't know what's there are different definitions so like murder is a form of homicide okay right, i don't th- know th- if the answer. abortion bans are considering abortion homicide though they're not in louisiana not. i think they tried to codify that and then it got bumped right back. No one like, wants to do that. Yeah, no, no, no one but, wants but to touch that. Yeah. Mary's point was in um I think I think Scott Peterson, I think Seamus brought that up. I don't know if it's Peterson case. Yes. Yeah. When he got charged with double homicide because he killed uh Lacey Peterson and, and their the, unborn child. Unborn child. Yep. 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 Right. Yep. So there are jurisdictions where if a woman is pregnant you punch her in the stomach, you can get charged with murder. Yep. Actual murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actual like if the the mother survives or manslaughter, but yeah. the, you kill the baby. she miscarries. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you, 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 I'm, just to clarify, you can get charged with murdering the baby if you punch her in the gut, right? I, I, murder, manslaughter. It depends on, right. I, I, I believe it's state by state. Cause I know in yeah. California, and a lot of people thought how ironic California, which is, you know, when it comes to abortion, the most, uh, uh, you know, liberal on that subject. Uh, but when Scott Peterson killed Lacey Peterson and her child, he was charged with double homicide, with That's double murder. Very strange for California. They're like, no, 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 he, he, he did kill her, but the rest was a clump of cells. It, it, it comes down to the argument that, well, it all depends on the mother's intent because she wanted to keep the unborn child. No, I didn't say it made sense. <laughs> this is it. This I, is I didn't it. say it was yeah. consistent. The age of the will where your will equates to the to the truth of the matter. Yeah, no, if, if it comes down to if, if a state, because really it comes down to personhood, right? Like if, if a state has decided that personhood doesn't begin until birth or some point after conception and this... Uh, a fetus, unborn child, whatever you want to call it, uh, hasn't reached that point of personhood yet, well, then that would mean whether it was through an abortion or through someone killing the, the mother or attacking the mother and the, the, the fetus, unborn person dies, you would have to... It would either always be a homicide or, or a crime or it would always not be that because that thing doesn't have personhood. Yeah, I would think it, there it's a, there's a value to the intricacy of of killing an unborn fetus that maybe isn't considered a person that's that's different than just destroying a cell block but also maybe not as horrific as like a murder charge. Yeah, yeah, it's a, some kind of a crime was committed but not necessarily murder if you're if you're going the route of saying that it doesn't have personhood yet. Check yeah. us out. I pulled, I just I just Google searched this. The Unborn Victims of Violence Act. Yes. Is a United States law that recognizes an embryo or fetus in utero as a legal victim if they are injured or killed during the commission of any of over 60 listed federal crimes of violence. The law defines child in utero as a member of the species of homo sapiens at any stage of development. The law is codified codified in two sections of U.S. Code. Blah, blah, blah. The law applies only to certain offenses over which the U.S. government has jurisdiction, including certain crimes committed on federal properties against certain federal officials and employees and by members of the military. In addition, it covers certain crimes that are defined by statute 
as federal offenses wherever they occur. So look, to put it simply, if you kill an unborn baby since 2004, it has been considered a crime and the embryo is a legal victim. A person too, according to what you were saying there. What's the name of that again? The, the Unborn, Unborn Victims, Victims of Violence Act. Yeah, that was the Bush administration and uh, the GOP Congress's kind of foot in the door of normalizing the idea of like, you know, this is an unborn child. It's a, it's also a victim for future reference as, you know, and this is also why abortion should be banned or restricted or, or whatever. So this was Bush's way of sl- of of virtue of signaling that the unborn fetus is a is a person. Not just signaling, but actually creating the the legal mechanism to to build upon right. in the future. The camel's nose under the tent, and you know, a few years later, you got a full camel in your tent. Um, the um uh the and the the, the purpose behind that, uh, as Tim noted, that's for federal offenses or for federal personnel, like military personnel or whatever. So like if it's outside of federal jurisdiction, that doesn't apply. So the whole purpose of that, even though it's very limited when it could ever be used, the whole purpose of that, yes, was to signal to the base, but also to create that that infrastructure or that legal mechanism to make future uh, build-upons in the future. This would mean that in Washington, D.C., for instance, if you committed one of these listed crimes against a pregnant woman resulting in the death of 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 the fetus, then you're you're charged with this, yeah, yeah. exactly. But I guess I guess what is the charge? Is it uh, feticide? Is it homicide? Is it murder, manslaughter? What? How do they how do they handle it? Uh, that I don't know. I it, guess if it's a legal victim and considered a person, it would just be homicide, or whatever they did to it. Like basically, whatever you did to the to the the fetus, right? Um, they call it murder. Had you done it to a you know a postborn person, whatever. Um, it's the same it's, crime. It's, it's murder. It the, yeah. the, the title of the bill is an act to amend title 18 U.S. code and the uniform code of military justice to protect unborn children from assault and murder and yep. for other purposes. Yep. So yep. quite literally, they refer it to murder. it as murder. Yeah, if it was killed, it would be murder and or right manslaughter now, or whatever. Abortion's not part of this. It's an ex- exception to right. abortion. But I could imagine this argument happening where they're like, well, abortion should be uh, considered part of the Unborn Victims of Violence Act. So we got to be real careful that they don't start interweaving these without people understanding what's happening because if a mother goes in for an abortion and then gets charged with murder because of some stupid law that's going to just unravel the the fabric of society we've got to not start punishing women for this is i believe a gray area right now because the the roe v wade decision uh they decided they they sidestepped the question of is this a ninth amendment issue where abortion is an unenumerated right or is it a tenth amendment issue where this was never covered under the constitution and therefore it should be left to the states or the people instead they sidestepped and said well it's really it's a question of privacy it's a violation of privacy um and so in overturning this uh the the uh the current supreme court said not only it's not a ninth it's not a privacy issue they said it's also not a ninth amendment issue but they said it's a tenth amendment issue meaning it should be left to the states so at least as it was decided it did not sound like they had an appetite for a federal ban on abortion the fascinating thing to me in in all of this there was a tweet from a a personality uh, i saw on twitter who uh was was wondering why he said something like name any medical procedure where you have no right to privacy why isn't this a thing blah blah blah, like and i was like did you read Roe? Because I don't think any of these people actually know what the point of Roe was or the decision. One of which uh, was stated by the Supreme Court. The fetus itself is a living being with a right to privacy. Therefore, the question of an abortion is not about a single person, but about two persons, which is why we ended up with the trimester um, ruling was like, yeah. it, basically, they said, OK, in the first trimester, you can get an abortion. But afterwards, now you have to consider the person's life, which is the baby. 
And then with Casey, they said it's viability. It's not trimester. Yeah. I don't think any of these people realize that. They keep saying things like my body, my choice. And you're like, read row. They're specifically saying at a certain point, you have to recognize there are two bodies here. Yeah. They don't even, they don't even recognize that in the federal law. They actually have a photo here on the Wikipedia page of a woman named Tracy Marciniak holding the body of her son. She was seriously injured in an, in an assault during the ninth month of her pregnant, ninth month of her pregnancy. So that, 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 that's what I often say. Like, I don't understand why there is a legal distinction between two babies of the exact same amount of time since conception, but one has been removed from the womb and one hasn't. Why Why is there a legal protection for one but not the other? I don't understand any logical or moral statement. Mostly because the woman still has the protection. The protection's like deferred to the mother if the baby's in the womb. But I, that, that still doesn't fly. Like if a mother was shielding her baby from your assault and you ended up hurting her hands and killing the baby, you still committed homicide well, against like the baby. Well, if, if you, if a, if a pregnant woman goes and kills someone, you don't charge the baby with accomplice to murder. No. Because, but it's a second person that was there, you know, that, that, if, and doing, going through all the motions with them. What? Like, it's an argument that you don't, the baby's not, <laughs> not able Wait, I'm to. I'm not following. The, baby, the baby's not able to make choices at that stage. So you can't treat it like it. But why would you like kidnapping someone while you commit crimes? We don't say that the kidnap victim is responsible for the crime. Yeah. So there's bringing your child to a bank robbery. We don't hold the child responsible for you bringing him there. Occupying the same physical space. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There's two parallel debates here. One is the personhood debate. You know, when does this cease to be a clump of cells and when does it become a full-fledged person that has the same legal and, and moral and ethical protections that anyone else would have? A secondary debate is even if it has personhood at some point before birth, which I think I, I, it's, it's hard to argue that it like there's some magic moment passing through the womb like, oh, now it's magically a person. Uh, but the the secondary debate there becomes, you know, at what point, if ever, does one human life have the right to the you know, connection to another human life for its uh, subsistence. And so that, that has been an argument that, you know, the mother, and that's why it comes down to what the mother wanted or, or, or intended or decided is the idea of, well, that the mother, uh, shouldn't have to be, you know, should the mother have to be, uh, you know, tied to and be providing, uh, you know, subsistence to and risking, uh, you know, her life and health for, uh, a second person, uh, even if it is an actual, you know, recognized person. This- does that, does that, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say this is where it gets interesting because if you look at polling across the board over the past several decades, most people, you'll you'll see the left will be like 80% of people are pro-choice. And I'm like, yeah, but they also really resent and reject elective abortion. 
Because the average person, when you're asking them about abortion, they think, they, they imagine this woman who's crying and being like, I have no choice. You know, I need to make the right decision for my life and my family. And I wish it wasn't this way. But instead, you have like 93% of abortions are elective, no reason given. Many women use it as a form of contraception. Most people don't like that. So when you look at, I actually went through tons of data, yeah. all these different polls, all these different institutions, because I'm like, okay, they're saying, I, I can't believe that most people in this country are just like totally fine with abortion as contraception. And people keep saying they do. And it's like, when you actually look at the questions asked, you realize, actually, they're not okay with elective abortion. And they're very much in line with, I think, how Oklahoma has been handling it, meaning abortion is legal in any legitimate circumstance. And legitimate being a very, very narrow band of acceptable causes for why abortion can happen. Yeah. And most people, I think it's more than two thirds around 70 say abortion should only happen with a legitimate reason. Yeah. And I'm like, that's actually very restrictive. That would get rid of 93% of abortions. You're not hearing that when it comes to what the left is actually arguing when they're talking about this. So I bring that up because you mentioned the, um, the, uh, woman is providing her body yeah, yeah. to the child. And this is an important distinction. In the issue of rape and incest, I actually, I think you have a very, very difficult position. But I, in this instance, especially, I think women have a right to abortion, particularly because if you're going to make the argument that women made irresponsible choices and then got pregnant. Rape's not an irresponsible choice. You were Right. Ridiculous. It's victimhood. Yeah. 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 And so here's the challenge, because I've argued with this with Seamus. If a woman says, I'm going to go party tonight, I don't need protection, and then gets pregnant... Then someone makes the point, the government can't mandate she provide her body to another being. It's like, well, hold on. She made the choice to provide her body to that being right, and right. now wants to rescind it. Yeah, yeah. It's not that she made the choice specifically thinking it would happen, but she engaged in the behavior which results in that it happened. And now there's a being dependent upon her. So it's it's like if you agree to uh, a medical procedure that would provide – a, a direct link to another person's blood. And then after two weeks said, I want to shut this down. They'd be like, well, now you'd be killing the person. Yep. It's a different story as opposed to someone forcefully jammed, you know, fused your body with someone else, human centipede style. Right. Then I'd be like, you had no right to do that and you can't hold it against But the, the incest thing isn't uh victimhood either. An uh, incest is a, con- a consensual. I disagree. Well, there could be rape involved in a in an incest situation. But if if a bo- brother and a sister decide to have a baby together, I don't understand how that would be different than having like a child with some sort of deformity in the womb. And- I I I I do understand your point, and I think there is a, an important moral distinction to be made that individuals can choose to engage in that behavior. But I also think incest has a special uh, a special space in that. It results in serious problems. It can in, in it can. inbreeding, they would call it. Yeah. But like the so can like that's why it's illegal. Just actually, yeah, yeah. But so can any kind of deformity. Like if you find out at, at, not, at three weeks or seven weeks that the child has like a brain deformity or something, then it's it's basically like an in, like a like a incest gone wrong. Right. But also, I mean, when they say the reason they say rape and incest is very often incest is rape. It is rape yeah. within the family. Like the power dynamics alone of you know a father having sex with and impregnating a daughter that's rape like i mean there's you know that's not it would be very hard to argue especially if you got a a very young daughter or something like that statutory rape yeah well and not just statutory but also from the standpoint of like this is a child like it's it's pedophilia or hebophilia or whatever you want to call it so it's it is also an act of of sexual assault or rape uh in addition to the fact that they're related so so so, uh that's because uh the child can't consent 
the idea is legally a child until they're 18 right. cannot consent, so right. it's a form of rape. Right. But if they call it statutory, you're it's just, not actual. Like, you're making the distinction of like two consenting adult two cousins consenting or adult yeah, siblings yeah, yeah, yeah. that have get pregnant. Should they just be able to go get the baby aborted at five months? I mean, it's a good point because um, we certainly are not okay with the idea of eugenics based abortion where it's like I don't like the baby has I, I'm told the baby will not be well therefore yep, get rid yep, of it because yep. if the incest, incest is the same argument yep. then yeah but I, I want to point something out because um, I saw a meme and it, it's the it's the it's the it's the two arms coming together with like two distinct ideas and then coming together over yes. one you know what I'm talking about yeah the, I know the black one you're arm talking the about yeah. and it said slavery and abortion and then yeah. together it said denying personhood rights <laughs> and I was like ah oh, that's really funny because it's Democrats that are denying personhood today and then I was gonna make a joke I was like you know who else denied personhood rights and I was gonna put the Confederates and then I was like wait those are the Democrats too yeah those <laughs> it's literally just the Democrats. <laughs> the Democrats yeah 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 I, I want to tell you I mean I I don't know how much longer you wanted to talk about this so I want to I do want to get this in. Uh, I actually personally consider myself pro-life. I think that abortions are more often than not gruesome and regrettable things. Um, the reason that I really do not like the idea of government getting involved in this is because if you look at how government handles things, they never just handle this. They, by their very nature, there's mission creep and they just keep getting more and more and more involved. If they take the turn of saying, this is a constitutionally protected person inside of your body and we have to make sure this person is not killed, that doesn't end there. It is also, we need to make sure you're taking care of this person. And if we're making sure you're taking care of this person, we need to make sure that you're getting regular inspections. And if there's a miscarriage, we're going to have to uh, investigate that. And you know what? You're going to need to be taking, uh, you know, keep your vitamin levels at a certain level and keep your BMI below a certain level. This inevitably, if you look at the history of how government ends up regulating things, this will inevitably at some point, especially once the progressives decide that they've lost this battle and they're just going to fight it on the other side, it will lead to pregnancy licensing. If And if that sounds insane, by the way, for anyone who thinks that sounds insane, go back 100 years and tell someone all the things they have to have a license to do right now. <laughs> and now well, go forward 10, 20 years and tell someone that you could have an unlicensed pregnancy and look at the look of horror on their face. And whenever something has to be licensed or regulated here come the rent-seeking crony lobbyists who want to make sure that their prenatal vitamin is mandated so now what used to be eight dollars a month is now five hundred dollars a month and who knows if your insurance is going to cover it and you're going to end up inevitably in the situation because abortion illegal abortions will always be available there will always be a black market for it where poor women who are unable to afford a legal regulated pregnancy end up getting an un getting an illegal abortion who would have otherwise kept the child because they can't afford the burden of getting a legal pregnancy and it's way easier to hide an illegal abortion than a than an illegal notion that anyone's miscarriage would be investigated in the circumstance that you know abortion would be federally banned or but then anyone could um, just say they miscarried instead of had an abortion. Well, Roe v. Uh, Wade was the start of the government encroaching upon women's bodies. Like that's the what do you mean by that? That's the new precedent. Uh, they shouldn't have gotten involved in the first place. Well, I think the involvement was that was the beginning of their regulating pregnancy and. So uh, so, just read that one. U.S. women are being jailed for having miscarriages. Now, it could be wrong. Yeah, I want to hear the full story. It could be wrong, right? They say a 21-year-old Native American woman from Oklahoma was convicted of manslaughter after having a miscarriage. People were outraged, but she was not alone. They say she was sentenced to four years in prison for the first-degree manslaughter of her unborn son. Was she doing drugs? 
Maybe. That's what I've seen a couple cases like this, and I was like, what mm. the heck? The examiner did not determine the cause of death, uh-huh. noting genetic anomaly, placenta ab- uh, abruption, or maternal methamphetamine use could have been contributing factors. So it was the drug use. Yeah. Yes. But it led to an investigation. Well, and the problem is, if you've criminalized abortion, then the easy loophole, if they're not actively investigating miscarriages, is to just say, oopsie, got a miscarriage, right? And so that can trigger, I mean, it's not like every single time they're going to, you know, have someone and they're going to be drilling them and putting the lights on them and all of that. But at the very least, there has to be some follow-up by law enforcement to make sure this was a legitimate uh, miscarriage. Now, imagine being a woman who's just had a miscarriage. I don't think that... They that is to. inevitable. I, do you think to. that before 1973, every woman who had a miscarriage was getting investigated? Uh, no, actually, it? before 1973 and really before the restrictions that started uh, a few decades prior, abortion was actually something that was uh, largely unregulated in the U.S., um, and uh, so it wasn't really coming in. It, coming into the late uh, 19th and early 20th century was actually when you saw the ban starting. Uh, I will tell you. I mean, if you if you take it to its logical conclusion, because otherwise, if, if that's not the case, then really there is no effective ban on abortion. They can just all well, say they miscarry. The reason you might have seen bans on abortion starting in the early 20th century is that's when contraception was taking off. But that's. A whole other. Oh yeah, yeah. No, discussion. I mean, there's there were reasons for that, but the, and the only point I'm making is that we haven't seen this exist long enough to see the logical conclusion of what happens when government gets their their hooks into something. Um, you know, government tends to screw things up. That's what yeah, concerns that's me about the Roe v. Wade overturn is that now instead of one government involved in the regulation, there's 50 governments regulating <laughs> it. I don't know. But that's kind of a good thing. I don't know man. because I don't want the governments involved. Decentralization is better than centralization in general. Sometimes, it is. I mean, if you argue, you know, decentralization should go to the individual, right? Ideally, so if you're arguing that this is a woman's rights thing, then the obvious argument is that it goes back to the individual. Uh, if you're arguing that there should be some regulation of this then the argument would be that it should be handled at the state level. I'm kind of transcending all of that and saying, I really just, the idea of government getting involved in something like this, you know, the war on drugs, more drugs, empowering of cartels, uh, the, the, the criminalization of otherwise peaceful human behavior, uh, the uh, militarization of the police, no-knock raids, all of this came from trying to uh, regulate the use of a substance. And, and if you get them now involved in pregnancy, then I'm just I'm very concerned where that's going to lead. Not I, not immediately, but you know, years, decades down the road, what that leads to. Especially I, once progressives say, "Hey, you know what? Screw it. We'll just regulate the hell out of it." Then I, I hear you on government involvement. The way I have to describe it is that people recognize a problem and say, "Let's do a government program to fix it." Yes. So you have a wound on your arm, and you slap a bandaid on it. Yeah. A few months later, they say, "Ooh, that wound is looking festering and stinky." Yep. Let's put another bandaid on yep. it. Yep. And they keep stacking up bandages mm-hmm. on a festering, gangrenous wound they never yep. they never solve. Yeah. Um, but that being said, the problem's cultural. It is very much one, cultural. One of the reasons we didn't have the issue with abortion pre-1973 that we do today or would is because of very different culture. Today, it's like, shout your abortion. Abortion <laughs> at nine months. You get an abortion and you get an abortion. Lena Dunham coming out saying she wished she had one. Oof. Even like... She, nor, she didn't. But she, she didn't get pregnant. She was saying she wished she just got pregnant so she could have an abortion. Disgusting. She was like, all these women talk about it and I want to talk about it too. And it's like, that's, that's messed up. That's this a complete take. Wow. psyop that... <laughs> anyone would think so I had to say psyop that um you know anyone is favorable to that I think most people feel rather lukewarm or have mixed feelings about abortion no not oh. the zombies dude that like uh, Michelle Wolf did a whole bit where she was like you get an abortion yay and they're all cheering but yeah but it. the masses not the talking heads oh for sure right 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 I see what you're saying a psyop 
Yeah. Yeah. Regular. It's what I was saying. Most people, when you look at the polls, are like, we think abortion should only be allowed with legitimate reasons. And like that eliminates 93% it's of abortion. It's a much more nuanced take than either side wants to say. There's, there's not, there's not this large plurality that's like, yes, even if you've been raped, you have to carry the child. Nor is this large, necessarily large plurality that's like, yeah, all the way up to the very moment of birth, we're cool with it. Um, but like you said, it's a cultural issue. It's also an economic issue. Like if you look at the, the surveys that have been done of women that get abortions, it's largely for economic reasons. A lot of them are already mothers who have just made an economic decision. Well, that's a problem that can well, be solved in an economic economic thing i i i wish most of it is no reason given well uh, of reasons that are given economics is is the main is the main one and so the point of that is that you know i think that i wish that there was more focus put on addressing the concerns and reasons why women get abortions uh getting rid of some of these ridiculous uh restrictions on adoption which by the way pro-lifers agree with i hate watching pro-choicers or pro-abortion whatever you want to call them on twitter and on facebook going well you know if these pro-lifers really cared they'd want to loosen the restrictions on adoption well yeah pro-lifers actually do want that like they they right. they, they definitely want that they want adoption to be easier it's it's amy it's coney barrett's got like what two adopted kids yeah no it's 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 it, they absolutely want that so that that's a a, a, a common point point that we could all agree on let's jump to some domestic issues we'll get off the abortion stuff for a bit we got this story from jalopnik <laughs> i love using leftist sources for this stuff biden warns americans gas prices will remain high as long as it takes Meetings will continue the pre- yes right this, the president said <laughs> gas prices will stay high to combat putin and russia's war on ukraine i love it uh, i love it he's basically saying don't vote for me i think it sounds like more of a threat than a warning uh, Biden uh, threatens Americans. Gas prices <laughs> will remain high as long as yeah. it takes that. You want Ukraine to win or not? Now pay up. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. So at a time when the Democrats are desperate to find someone to run in 2024 because they don't think Joe Biden's going to make it, Joe Biden's giving them all of the reason to try and find someone else to run in 2024. <laughs> but, you know, here, I, I like the theory that, you know, there have been people that have said that he keeps like giving calls for help. That he doesn't really want to be doing this, <laughs> yeah, and that he's like, you know, they won't just let me go eat ice cream, and like he'll like come, like at, at different like candid moments where he'll be like, they told me to come out here and say this, so I guess I have to say that this might be him just like you know, please like don't <laughs> no, I don't want to, yeah, everyone's gonna have to pay higher gas prices. Will you finally just replace me? Can I go sit down somewhere? Yeah, this is a blatant honesty. I mean, the whole as long as it takes things is political propaganda, yes. but he's basically a- acknowledging that. It's not going to come back down. Yeah, if you remove as long as it takes, this is an axiom. This is as long as the policies that are in place uh, are in place, um, the gas prices will remain high. Um, and, and it's crazy because it was, I, I believe, earlier this month that Biden did correctly acknowledge that right now the biggest bottleneck, at least in the U.S. when it comes to uh, oil, uh, uh, domestic gas production, is at the refinery level. But then he he blamed the refiners and said, "Oh, you're not producing enough, and you're you're profiting. You know, you're price gouging us." And then the refiners came out and said, "We're at like ninety six, ninety eight percent capacity. If you right now uh, lessen some of the environmental restrictions and regulations on us, we could increase capacity by double digits. And if at the same time you allowed us to build some new refineries for the first time in decades, while simultaneously reducing some of these tariffs on the materials that we need to build the refineries, we could short term fix it with reduction of regulations and long." term fix it by building more refineries but you know he'd rather say hashtag putin price hike joe biden said when he was campaigning he's going to transition us off of fossil fuels imagine hearing him tell you that (laughs) voting for him and then coming out and being like joe biden doesn't control the price of gas yeah like dude he told you he was going to do this it's like that pikachu face meme where it's like i'm going to make gas prices go up (laughs) okay gas prices go up how did this happen (laughs) 
And and you try and explain to them all of the reasons, some of which are are, are BS. They're like, it's corporate profits. That explains everything. Yes. Suddenly, yeah. And I'm like, okay, break break down for me the corporate profits thing. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, explain to me the cor- how much money they make. They're like, I don't know. I just saw a meme <laughs> on Facebook. And I'm like, if inflation is through the roof yeah. and the cost to produce oil has gone up mm-hmm. and the cost to drill for oil has gone up, mm-hmm. that means their profits will in- increase to, to the same percentage point. So I'll put it simply. If you, if, if you make $100 in profit and it costs you $75 to produce the oil, that's a 25% profit. If the costs increase by 25% and then you increase the cost of fuel as you sell it by 25%, it will also look like your profits went up 25%, but you retained the same level of buying power. Yep. These people don't understand that. No. So sure, maybe you can say, but they're still getting lots of profits. That is true. They are still making billions of dollars. But it's also absurd to be like, well, they should they should sacrifice their profits for the sake of Joe Biden's energy policy. No, no, look, I'll be I'll be fair and say, yeah, they probably should work alongside with the government to lower prices. But we still can point out Joe Biden enacted a bunch of policies specifically to transition us off of fossil fuels. But to be well, and and exactly, I mean, it's he said that I'm going to do this, and was like, okay, good. But now what they didn't realize is transition isn't like rainbows and unicorns transition means make this prohibitively expensive so you have to do this that's what a transition that's forced by government looks like as opposed to a market-driven transition where it is unicorns where it is look at this new thing that's way better as opposed to we're going to make this thing way worse in comparison you see these uh these flight cancellations yes you, really you see this stuff oh i don't just I've see heard it. about them i have been the victim of them yes yeah. we've been too like they, they abruptly will change uh-huh. someone's ticket yeah, yeah. Cancel their flight. Yeah. Or, or change it, right? Didn't we have it like they just move someone's flight to the next day or something? No, that was yeah. them doing it. Yeah. That, they emailed me and they're like, oh, yeah, he changed that. He just didn't tell Oh, okay, like, okay. Okay, that's okay, fine. Okay. That's, that's freaked different. Me out. Yeah. No, but there are stories in the press where people are saying that's that, happened to me. that they just changed your flight to a later date or something. I have gotten on an airplane, gotten a notification that the flight had been canceled. What? And then just start getting up because I realized they're about to announce it to everyone else, too. And they've done that before. Yeah. And we ended up Whoa. having to stay. That was at Charlotte Airport. We ended up having to stay the night there and like i'm looking at it, i'm like no we're on the we're on the plane and i look and the doors open i'm like right. i'm like we're getting off the plane and we did and sure enough like as i'm getting off the plane they're like uh everyone we have an update and i'm like yeah the update is this flight is canceled see you tomorrow Why morning was it canceled uh they said it was because of um oh what did they say they always say maintenance and that's because of right. some kind of thing with the flight insurance right. they don't have to pay as much out or something <laughs> like that but mm-hmm. the reality is uh i talked to one of the pilots as we were leaving and they're like yeah we already went over our hours and they thought that these other yep. pilots coming in would be able to do it but they went over their hours too i talked to a pilot and he he said most pilots are hitting their limit. Yep. And so they're just, you know, so my, my question, though, is how? Where did all the pilots go? Like, they, they quit they during furloughed. the vaccine mandates. They were like, well, yeah. I'm not getting the jab. I'm and, out. And furloughed they, and vaccine mandates. That's and, what happened. and we were told the media was like, they're not protesting vaccine mandates. Everything's fine. Yeah, a bunch yeah. will probably quit. Yeah. My, I, I like the idea that everybody got raptured better because it sounds more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Because we the went, good pilots flying went to heaven. higher and yeah. higher. Yeah. The, well, good, so, the good pilots went to heaven. We're all in hell. We, yeah. I, I've been thinking about this because why are there shortages everywhere? Where are people? Why aren't people working? Yeah. It's not even maybe it's the vaccine mandates. And, and that could be really it that most people just said, I'm out. I'm not doing it. And now but but where are those people? I mean, they got to eat, right? Black market. But but how what are they doing? They got to make money doing Giga, something, but Giga they're still economy. not here. Yeah. So we went out we went to the movies over Labor uh, I think it was Labor Day and uh there's nobody anywhere. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, where are the humans? Where are the humans? So the fun conspiracy theory, it's not really a conspiracy, but the fun joke theory is that the rapture happened. Mm-hmm. And um, all of the people that got raptured, our memories of them was erased. So now we're just sitting here wondering why all of the stores have labor shortages, why there's no pilots anymore. They're all gone, and we just can't remember where th- who they were. Oh, good. So I have a new nightmare. That's <laughs> Thank you for that. Then, that's good. No, that's and good. And then uh, uh, she- uh, Seamus was tonight. like, that can't be true. You know, because Seamus is Catholic, right? Yes. He, he, mu- he would have to be raptured, too. And I'm like, I don't know. What ah, <laughs> what someone say? found out they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> yeah. No, um, but in all seriousness, though, something doesn't make sense. I think right. they're at home collecting unemployment. But for if not lucky, for this long, not for this. They were canceling right. they flights were. last year. They were, yeah. You're not going to be on unemployment for two years. For for I mean, we're going on a what year. Is it, Eighteen months is that the long? They did extend it. So there is actually an explanation for this. When you pump trillions of dollars into the economy and artificially create demand while simultaneously paying people to do nothing, you create a bunch of consumers and reduce the number of producers. And we're watching that play out in real time. The way that corrects is through a massive recession, which is coming. If it hasn't already started, it's coming. And it is the reality of when, and this, by the way, anyone who's still out there promoting modern monetary theory or UBI or any of that nonsense, (laughs) this was a couple times of them handing off checks and expanding unemployment insurance by a little bit. And look at what it led to. It led to such a disruption in the market that everyone became net consumers and, and stopped producing and the ripple effects of that will be felt for so years. Should I take out a bunch of loans right now? Is what you're saying? Yes, you should take out <laughs> loans, uh, credit card debt, uh, uh, anything you have a title for. Go to the title loan place. This is the time to buy. You got to buy in. This is the- well. So the idea is, if the recession's coming and the value of the dollar is going to tank, mm. then the, then the buying. So like. A car that's worth twenty grand today is going to be worth forty grand in a year. Yeah. You take out a loan for a twenty thousand dollar car, and in a year you sell it for forty grand. You pay off the loan, you got a free twenty grand. I mean, that's some that's some uh, brave pool you're playing there, but yeah, I mean, well, the, what I mean to say rich is, guys game, right? No, no, no. <laughs> what rich people do? That is what we know. That is what rich people do. But except they do it on your back, right? They do it with uh, Fed money that just exactly. got freshly printed, yeah. and if everything goes south, then they're too big this to the, fail. This yeah. is the point I'm making. Right before the recession, they know that if they borrow a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and then the buying power of that hundred thousand dollars collapses, yep. they basically got a freebie. Mm-hmm. Now they can sell whatever they bought because the price will will spike. Yep. The value of the dollar goes down, so you'll need twice as many dollars to buy it, so they'll get the free money. Yep. 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 Half the buying power with none of the work. I can imagine that that breaks down at some point. What's the inevitable conclusion of that Ponzi scheme? It just keeps getting worse. That's what that's what we have right now. So, like, you look at the difference between the two thousand seven, two thousand eight, uh, the the um, the housing price bubble that then crashed and then caused the whole uh, ripple effect to the recession, which then led to the whole concept of too big to fail and the TARP bailouts. Add a zero to that. And that's what we're, fa- this is a whole, you know, this is an exponential, this is a whole order of magnitude higher of what we're facing now. Like we're literally, instead of hundreds of billions and trillions, we're now talking trillions and tens of trillions. And it's hard to quantify what the ripple effects are going to be. And they just keep feeding into it. And that's why you see this, this, you know, they talk about the, uh, um, the, uh, y- yes, 40, yes. <laughs> I love this. 40% <laughs> of all the money that has ever been made has been made in the last two years. Oof. This is also to be, to be fair. Savings, yeah. You can explain this, that. This spike is when they said your savings account is now a checking account. Right. So they yes. put savings in a circulation. Right. Okay. So, uh, but 
Look at this, the hockey stick after kept, the fact. Yeah, it kept that going. Is, that's the creation of currency. And they, yeah. they, I think they did that to yeah, mask no, it's, it's, that they were about to start printing and get that upper uh, diagonal, that big one, that what is it like a 80 degree angle instead yeah. of a 27 degree 90? angle yeah to yeah. make it look less severe yeah and i'm i'm glad you pointed that out because this doesn't look like a 40% increase this looks like a 600% increase but it's right it's the definitional change that happened thank you for so for what we got to do is get a graph where we remove the vertical line and just watch it go from the 27 yeah. degree angle to the 80 degree angle it's still ugly yeah, it's still not good. And this is only up until 2020, like August of 2020, it looks yeah, like. What's yeah. going on now? And what's what's funny is the uh, fractional reserve policy changed just before COVID. Yeah, it was like when they, April 2020 or something. Yeah, the, yep. It used to be that you needed a reserve to lend loan out money, and then they went, we're getting rid of that. You can just loan as much as you want. Yep, yep. 0% right. fractional reserve. Imagine playing a game of Monopoly, and all of us are playing by the rules, okay? And every single... I'm going to make you the bad guy here, sorry. Oh, um, no. All of us all <laughs> of us so are playing by the rules, right? Like, you know, you you, you roll your dice, you go the number of things, you go the number of, of uh, that you... The number of spaces, you decide whether you want to buy, hold, whatever, and then... When it's Mary's turn, uh, she goes to the banker and says, uh, give me a trillion Monopoly notes and stick them all with the bill for it. That's our economy. Mm. And the the problem is the price of, of living is going up the same for everyone. But the closer you are to that money supply at its initial printout, at its initial disbursement, the less affected you are by the double-digit uh, price inflation and the the more you're exposed to the triple-quadruple-digit increase overnight of your wealth. And that's what we're seeing here. here. Here's another important factor here. Um Bitcoin dropped, I think, to like 19K or whatever. Yep. And everyone's screaming in the media and they're like, <laughs> oh. and I'm just like, I don't know, I don't care. I'm, yeah. I'm ignoring it. And that's the deal. When you have money... You don't care that it went down. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it anyway. Yeah. And then after a year, two years, three years, it starts to recover. So when people see this stuff and they actually need their money and they're seeing it tank and they're like, I can't ignore that. And they're forced to sell it at garbage rates. They become poorer. Yeah. Rich people who are more resilient to the change in monetary value and recessions and depressions yeah. can ignore it until the recovery happens mm-hmm. and then retain all that value. Yes. So the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Exactly. I would also like to note that Bitcoin has crashed down to its 2017 high, its previous all-time high before this last <laughs> increase. There's an old video. I wish they had kept updating it. It's about seven years old now, but it's called Don't Buy Bitcoin. It crashes. And it's this guy going, there was this one time Bitcoin was worth, and I, I'm making up the numbers, but it's pretty much like this. One time it was worth point uh, one uh, cents, uh, and then it went up to, to five cents. And then it crashed all the way down to two cents. And then this other time, it was worth $3.25. And then it went all the way up to $25. And then it crashed all the way down to seven eighty. And like yeah. he, he keeps doing this and he goes, and so the moral of the story is don't buy, get Bitcoin. It crashes. This is the, the, uh, the, uh, cycle of parabolic growth, usually some sideways trading and then a crash down to higher than the previous all-time high. Yeah. And now the right. gaps are obviously not as wide as they used to be. It's a lot easier for something to go from a dollar to $10 than to go from 20000 to 200000 right? Like there's only so much market cap it can have. But the pattern's still playing out. This is not financial advice, by the way. I'm yeah, just, yeah. I'm just a Jew on the internet. I'm not a financial advisor. But you but you look at the way the dollar is going, and I don't know how anybody could have faith in their paychecks at this point. Really? Yeah, the uh, the recession that's headed our way. They're, they're saying there's going to be rolling blackouts. Do you guys see these report this reporting? No. Rolling blackouts, food shortages, no. food prices. So it's it's it, you know what, you know what I'm really proud of. Uh, in 2020, I started doing the emergency food yeah. sponsorships. Yeah, and then like Vice, 
made like a hit piece and they were like, haha, what a loser. And then I'm like, man, if you, if you bought that food in 2020, it was, I think like half the cost of what it is today. Yeah. Yep. So you'd be sitting on food that lasts for 25 years at half the price. You'd be like, oh, wow, it's a good thing I bought it two years ago. It's, we're going to last 23 more years. Yeah. You buy it today, it's, it's more expensive. Jim Baker has the last laugh. Even, even if you just decided to eat it today, you got your food at half price. Yep. So it's crazy because, you know, I was talking about this in 2020, 2021, food shortages are coming. What happens? Putin's price hike. Whether or not you believe any of that stuff, the fact is, it came. there is, there is a shortage of wheat, which is going to, it's, it's going to be mind boggling, my, mind bogglingly devastating. Yep. Not as much to us, but Lebanon, you know, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. uh, all these, these Middle Eastern countries, Turkey, these countries that get much of their grain and food from Russia and Ukraine, yep. they ain't going to be getting it. Yep. So what are they going to do? They're going to be very, very hungry and very angry. And we are going to be watching. We're going to be sitting there and we're going to be like, haha, remember when we used to watch CNN when they were news? No. Well, let's put it on anyway. You'll turn it on and you'll just see food riots, water and food riots. Yeah. And we'll have some of that here. During the pandemic, remember those lines of cars for miles waiting for food because people didn't have any? If you think it's bad now, if you think it was bad back then, whew, right now there's nobody producing. Yeah. So not only do we have a fertilizer shortage, which which led to predictions of a crop yield dropping by 40%, diesel potential shortage, meaning farmers won't even be able to harvest. And if they do, it'll be substantially more expensive to harvest, and there will be substantially less food, meaning for more than one reason, the cost of food is going to skyrocket. Yeah. It's and, almost a... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I was going to say, and then people are going to... Are, that's what that's when people break down and go crazy. Yeah, it's almost as if massively expanding the monetary supply and then just handing it out leads to a massive increase in prices uh, because you have the, uh, much more money chasing the same amount of goods and services, and then that same amount of goods and services actually goes down because people say, "I got all this money, I don't need to work," and so now you've got the disruptions from that. It's it's a perfect storm for what we're experiencing. You know what we need? Seeing this problem happening. Yes. We need to like, we need to figure out a way to start over some kind of like, like, like a reset, but a bigger one, a great one, a great one, a great reset. Yeah. Like a really big make resets great again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like a great reset. Yeah. And then maybe when the people, people look, people are going to lose everything they own in this, but we need this great reset. Yeah. And then after that, they may own nothing, but they will be happy. They'll be happy. They'll be happy. That sounds pretty good. So it makes the, you wonder. You said it was great. That you sold me it great, yeah. honestly. Yeah, but if it's but called it, great, then it must be. Yeah. But it, it makes be. you. <laughs> but listen, listen, listen. It makes you wonder when they advocate for the great reset, literally, like calling it that. Yeah. And then they implement these policies mm-hmm. that have just destroyed everything. Yeah. It's almost like they want it to happen. I'm yeah. looking at the M1 money supply. I'm, I'm kind of investigating it right now, and it does show up until May. Uh, I'm seeing it up until May of 2022. It, it's at the 80% increase until about. Uh, April 2022, yeah. and then it looks like it's actually gone down. Yeah, because the, yeah, that's the, slightly a little bit. Yeah, because the Federal Reserve has started tightening the the rates. They've mm-hmm. they've started increasing the rates. The reason that's happening that is a consequence of banks being able to lend money or get lent money at effectively 0%. Once you factor in for inflation, they're actually getting it at negative interest rate. They can turn around and and, and put it out there to us, to the consumer, at a low interest may, yep. rate and just make a bunch of free money, basically. It's, it's literal it's, free money. So by raising the rates not, and then buy property with it, and right? And bankrupt people and then seize their assets. Destroy their their lives and, and walk away holding the bag. Because right? people well, won't but, be able to pay back the interest on their loans, et cetera, things like but, that. Oh, once everything crashes, absolutely. That's all the foreclosures that happened in 2007, 2008. So we need Wait a lot of protection. 
protect people from foreclosures? Because I imagine BlackRock and other banks are going to try and steal people's houses. You need to just stop. You need to get, first of all, you need to get currency out of the control of the, of the government. Government is a political entity that tries to implement political goals for political purposes. It should not be in charge of the money supply because this is what happens. When you have a political entity in charge of the money supply, they cre- they they uh, implement the money supply not for the best use of its consumers because they're a monopoly. They don't care about the consumers or, or the people using it. They do it for their political purposes, which in this case is to try to, you know, uh, push along a, an economy that they don't want to correct and making things worse in the process and paying off the cronies who sponsored them into office. Sure, but... You have to recognize some people are just really dumb, right? Oh, there's that and, too. Yeah. And and because they're so dumb, you need better men to rule over them. Strong men. Strong men. Strong men for a great reset. Absolutely. Why has no one else thought of this? <laughs> no, right? Yeah, like it took us calls. coming together to finally figure out what yeah. the problem is. Haven't you – did you ever – don't you remember that speech from Michael Bloomberg when he said tax the poor? He said poor people <laughs> spend money on dumb things. Yes. So we should tax their money so we can choose for them what to buy. A populist and that's why, message if there ever was one. Right. He wanted to tax <laughs> large drinks because he said poor people are stupid mm. and buy big sugary drinks and get fat. Yes. So let's put a big tax on it so they can't afford it anymore so they stop doing it. Mm. That so works. They're doing gas. That works. <laughs> so you say get money out of the government, out of politics, or what? I don't know. How did you phrase it? Right. Exactly? So the government needs to stop being involved in what money is, because if you if you allow the market to determine what money is, now instead of having a political entity manipulating, openly manipulating the monetary supply for political purposes, right, and and destroying the wealth and the well being of the vast majority of people that are, are involved in this, instead now you have competing entities. Who, because they want to be, you know, have their dominant market share, have a vested interest in doing the opposite. They want their money to be deflationary, or at the very least, not go, not have the the value go down over time. Have the the value of the money increase over time. Have the the uh, case use and the ability to use it, uh, it go up over time. Have it be an effective and better thing. This is what we apply to everything else, right? Like you don't want to have to buy your car from the government car company, right? Why would you want to have to get your money from the government money company? The Constitution. And, and, and Hold on, sorry, real quick. Yeah, you, you. Not only would you have to buy your car from the government, but they have a computer chip in it where every year it it goes ten miles an hour slower. Yeah, and then you're like, literally, I gotta get a new car because it's too slow. Yeah, or this is mo- this is like planned obsolescence for money. Right. So right? Well, this is like Federal Reserve Tactics, which is a private company. Obviously, they're in cahoots with the monopoly. They're monopolized by the government, but like. Congress is supposed to be in charge of the monetary supply, according to Congress. Yeah, so it should be amended. Like, no, that's the thing. Like, yes, this is – and by the way, this is why I don't consider myself a constitutionalist. I think the Constitution is a useful way for us to use it defensively to protect our rights. But at any point, there are times in the Constitution where it lays out things that blatantly uh, are bad for us and violate our rights. And this would be an example of that. I don't think that government should be involved in money. They've they've proven themselves to be a bad steward of it. And even if you replace the Federal Reserve – because I, I understand what you're saying. They're technically a private entity. If you replace the Federal Reserve uh, instead with... Oh, you dropped drop something. Yeah, there you go. Yes. If you replace the Federal Reserve instead with just a a, a uh, federal bank, uh, it's effectively the same thing, but just you know with different steps. Like You don't need a federal but, bank. That's what I just handed but you. But we could... Uh, That's the Bank of Columbus $10 bill. This was a bank note, a private bank private note, bank. right? This and is what valuable. I'm talking about. I think if it was Congress, we'd be able to audit it, or it would be like part of it being the Congress's bank is that the American, the people's bank is that we would audit it. It would constantly be all public. In theory. And could it be better? Yeah, but you still have a centrally planned authority, right? So why not instead allow a, a market-derived series of notes 
or in this case, it's probably going to be more electronic. But but you could also have physical notes. Because there are plenty of people out there that don't want the the electronic notes. They want the physical notes. But look, why not let the market determine what is best for people? Because the people who are in power are friends with those who control the policy that enrich them. And why would they ever walk away from that's this? the correct right? Answer. They collude. Well, no, because people collude and buy up huge amounts of stuff and then sell them off all at once, and then they they work the market. And so we need a government to protect us they from get, monopolies. They but that's get not free what happens. Money from the Fed, and they buy up houses, and then you. You are a working class family and you're like, it's time to buy our first house. This house is going for 200 grand. And you say, I will pay asking. And they go, great, we'll get back to you. And they call you back and say, we got an offer from, you know, BlackRock or whatever. That's at 240. And you're like, I can't afford that. And they're like, well, sorry. And that's what keeps happening to people. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, it, a lot of what the uh, the the crony, and, and at this point, it's sort of like a, a corporatist, fascist extension of government. Some of these companies, like BlackRock and, and and so forth, the reason they're able to do it is because they get free money that's underwritten by you and by future generations that haven't even been born yet. You reintroduce, and I'm I'm not saying necessarily this, but you reintroduce having the money being determined at by the market level. They have to play by the same rules as the rest of us. And yes, they're wealthier, but they're now going to have to deal with the same supply and demand issues. They're not going to be able to just, yeah, Bitcoin. They're not going to be able to just print out endless streams of money and have you pay the bill for it, have you pay the debt for it with the interest. And uh, you know, and then when everything falls apart, they get bailed out and that's paid for by more money that got printed out. That whole thing goes away when you take away the ability for them to just expand the monetary right. supply whenever they want to to pay off their own. But their right own this now, is why I like cryptocurrency, and this can, is why it's frustrating when you get progressives who are acting like cryptos are really, really bad things. People, it's like you're just established. You're just you're just shilling out for the establishment. It, it's can create, literally the way out. People of it. can create infinite amounts of crypto right now without regulation. Absolutely, that's endless inflation. Just the same problem. But only if people value those. Only if people, those only if people value exactly. It comes into this is subjective value, right? Like I can make a coin tomorrow based on the Ethereum chain or whatever. I call it. Spike coin, and I go, hey everyone, go get some spike coin, and they go, great. What's your what's your case use? What is your what are you fulfilling that isn't already being fulfilled? And I go, spike coin. That's not going to work. No one's going to want it. Some people will get it as a joke, but it's not going to go anywhere. It's it's, it's it's and on top of that, I can I can print a bunch of cards and I can call them uh, Tim bucks. Yeah, and I can be like, this is paper Tim bucks. They're worth so much money. Hey, and people are going to be like, I don't know if I value it, I value it. If you value, you value right it. now, all the people with the Bitcoin and the Ethereum, like there are huge people that own massive amounts of that stuff, would own the market essentially without any government oversight, and then they would buy up all the corn, and then they would raise the price of corn. 13 times and then sell it back to the people. Well, first of all, just, I mean, yeah, are there Bitcoin billionaires? Absolutely. But like the, if you look at like the, the distribution of that wealth, for lack of a better term, uh, it's far less centralized than you would see, for example, where you have like, what is it? Less than 1% of the population that owns 20, 30% of everything. Like I, that's certainly not happening. And, and with, with, if you took all the, the, the crypto bros out there, um, it, it, they're certainly not going to have anywhere near that same, uh, uh, market level that would, that exists in this current system because they can't because it has to be a system that reflects the actual market demands and supply and demand as opposed to a political entity a centrally planned political entity saying all right well you guys help get me into office and so you know i'm paying you off and here's however many trillion dollars i'm gonna give you a six hundred dollar check you stay right there you should make sure to vote for me and uh and you know also you're getting the the debt for this guy uh oh this all fell apart okay well um we're gonna print out more money and and bail you out because you're too big to fail you got to pay for this you're definitely not too big to fail that's the system that's yeah that's the worst the uh, federal reserve unauditable system is the worst by far but i think that crypto unregulated by the people would be as 
could get as bad. The the regu- I, there 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 is no utopian system, but the regulation comes in place if suddenly there's a reason for for there to be suspicion of how Bitcoin is being used. It's out in the open and people can see it. Or if it's not out in the open, if there's some coin that, you know, you can't see the back end of it, you can't see the ledger of it. It is centrally controlled. People are going to say, "Why would I use this when I can use this that's so much better?" That's what happens from the market. It's like it's like using the car analogy. If you if if this car company suddenly is making cars that are absolute garbage, you know it, and you go buy a car somewhere else. You can do this with anything: chicken sandwiches, uh, you know, skateboards, whatever. I, it doesn't matter. Like I, the, having I'm, more I'm, I'm, more providers makes it be- makes you more likely to be able to get a better value, and for them to have an incentivization of serving you as the consumer. But when you when you bypass that through central planning, now they don't have to serve you as the consumer. They only have to serve the political class that they put in office. I'm, and that's I'm, a much easier I'm, thing. I'm for interested them. in getting uh, Mary. I know you're an expert on fiscal policy and fintech. So, what are your <laughs> thoughts on all this? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to to think of the right questions to ask, but I'm, I'm it's very lost. esoteric. A little bit. Uh, well, with the with the wallet, <laughs> like with crypto wallets, it looks like there's a lot of people that because everyone has a wallet, but it could be one guy that has nine hundred thousand wallets. I mean, it. The, uh, this, this argument doesn't track. Look, I can I could buy a bunch of rocks. And then I can go around being like, Tim Rocks, they're only mine, and you can't get Tim Rocks from anybody else. So if I buy a bag of gravel, it's true. That bag of gravel is exclusively Tim Rocks. He could own all that gravel. I could own them all. And then people are like, we want it, we want it all. Like, we'll give you bread, we'll give you labor. And I'm like, ha giving out rocks. That's no difference between that and any, well, any token. just use Bitcoin as your example. So Well, Bitcoin is decentralized. I can it looks buy decentralized. It. I can, right. I can buy Bitcoin, and then I've actually put money into the system. And then I would not just want to lose the value of that. Yeah, so like, other people it, can value it because they know there's a market around it with real value where people are willing to buy it, and trade. At point. some point, farmers are going to be like, "We accept crypto." You'd be like, "Great, what kind?" And they'll they'll choose. We accept Bitcoin. We accept Ethereum. And if you don't have those two cryptos, then you exchange it for that. But the value of those are going to skyrocket. Who owns them when they decide it's this proof of stake? thing that what they want to move towards away from proof of work right. who's creating the tokens is who has the tokens those are the ones that get to make the decisions the people that have them yeah those are the ones that are rich right now they, they want to move it to a system where the rich people get to make the decisions right so what's what going right now what could happen i'm not saying it's th- th- what we have what, right now is an ass it's yeah. terrible what, what could happen is that people build faith in a cryptocurrency that is centralized and controlled by rich powerful people that doesn't change the fact that the Fed is bad and we should find an alternate system and crypto is pretty good. Yeah, so market-derived systems don't necessarily not allow for the centralization of wealth. But in order to be able to do that, you have to serve the consumer. If it's market-derived and not centrally planned, in order to be able to grow, maintain, and expand wealth, you have to be serving the consumer better than your competitors, especially if you want to expand it. And if you want to maintain it, you have to at least be doing it as well as your competitors. In a system that isn't market-derived, in a system that is centrally planned through a, a centralized monopoly of violence such as government, instead what you have is a system where I don't have to serve you. I just have to be friends. You're the bad guy again. I have to be friends <laughs> with Mary, the government, who I just so happen to bankroll into office, and friend Mary, too, who's on the other side, other side and uh, and make sure that they're my friends and that they give me whatever I want. So now instead of having to to do the often you know uh, m- mind numbing labor to make sure that I am serving you and everyone else as best as possible and where the consumer is king, instead all I have to do is spend a pittance of those resources just keeping them in office, keeping them fat and happy, and then getting them to give me whatever I want. That is inherently a system that feeds uh, everything has to feed a greed a profit motive, right? 
the profit motive needs to be fed by serving the consumer instead of serving a small handful of the ruling class. Well, We've got to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, and share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have that members-only show coming up for you at 11 p.m., but we're going to read what y'all have to say right now. So what we got here? The snack lady Jackie says, nice to see Tasha's husband on the show tonight. I vote him for VP with Dave Smith, president, and Michael Malice, press secretary. We need this to happen. Are you are you intending to be a VP? Uh, I doubt I would run for VP. I honestly don't. I, do, I don't know if I'm going to be running uh, for anything in the future. And right now, and part of the reason I started You Are the Power is until we grow this movement massively, we're really talking about who's the next guy to get the score of the margin of error. Like it doesn't matter until we have a much larger movement. So I'm not, I haven't ruled anything out for the future. I just don't really care until we've done the movement growing. Right on. And uh, would you kindly smash that like button? Let's read more. And hit the bell. Don't just subscribe. Hit the bell. We want your phone to explode with notifications every time oh, these people I, I've never actually told people to hit the bell. Hit the bell. Does it work? Hit the bell. Everybody who subscribed or, or if subscribe and then hit the bell. Hit the bell. Yeah. Get All the right. notifications. Let it East, wake you up. East F says, Spike, keep up the relentless trolling of the ATF. I do what I can. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you agree, sir, that we should abolish the ATF? Yes. The ATF is a regulatory, it's a federal law enforcement agency targeting what four, uh, uh, legal things? Uh, alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives. It's actually now the BATFE, but they went back to being the ATF because everyone's like, what the BATFE? The Bureau of, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Uh, the which, which should be like a convenience store. I know yeah. that's, 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 like an, that's like an old trope. That's not my joke. It's like right. an old trope, but it's true. It, it's, it's a cliche because it's true. The reality is the government has no business telling you that what you can uh, own a firearm or otherwise. Um, uh, and, and you can make the Second Amendment argument of it says very clearly the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. You can also make just the rights argument of uh, if I I have a natural right to defend myself, and you can also make the reality of power argument, which is that if a small handful of people have the only effective ability to project violence effectively, no one else has any say in anything. Right. All right. Warwolf says, with a bunch of crab emojis, Potato Man is gone. <gasps> No, That's right. The potato man bailed on us. No crap. So, so now we're stuck with Mary. Aww. Aww. No, we're excited. <laughs> Mary, Catholic. We had to, we we had had to get to sub a, in a Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we also, uh, we'll have, we'll have Mary here. We'll have, uh, Brett. We'll have Jamie. We'll have a couple people bump, uh, jumping in. And then Luke's on his way back. Right, Luke? Right, Luke? Brett's here. Luke. Brett's here. Luke even had a problem with it when Seamus was on pop culture. What? Yeah. He was commenting, boo, potato <laughs> man. <laughs> it was in the chat. Yeah, and um, Ooh, potato man. on Instagram too. <laughs> People on Twitter think they have like a real beef. They're like, no. man, these guys really hate each other. Like, no, it's a bit. They're like ribbing. No, ribbing it's not it. a bit. It's completely serious. Yes, you don't right. understand. Seamus cries after every show. Every yeah. show. That's why he left for him. Because so Luke was trolling him in the chat. So Seamus was, was like, shaking. I'm leaving. <laughs> like all right, all right. What is this? John Kristen says Seamus talking of cock and tubs. Tim and C Town and Ian double handed mopping has. Has me wonder about what is happening behind the scenes. Oh yeah, when Ian did the double <laughs> mopping thing, yeah, yeah. double double mopping. You feel yeah. the momentum. You actually have to pretend like the mops are in your hands. You know the pressure that you feel, that friction. Raymond G. Yeah. Raymond G. Maga Stanley Jr. says, "Who's ready for Maga month? Woo! The left may be setting our country a uh, a burning, but let's use that fire for barbecues, bonfires, and building community. Go IRL, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow begins the first day of Maga month." Make America Great Again Month. I have my Twitter profile picture ready. It is the same face, but I got the American flag behind me. And this is not just a month in which you grill burgers every day 
or on the weekends, whenever you can. It's not just the month where you get the 4th of July to fire off fireworks. The point of MAGA month is to make America great again. You know what that means? It means y'all should be engaging in community building, community service. You should be figuring out ways you can come together with your neighbors, meet people, learn from each other, build those communal bonds to literally make America great again. And, um, audit the Fed or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Hell some, yeah. Some political buzz thing. I'm nullify the government. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't make America great again without nullifying government and building community bonds and That's building networks. That's the purpose like of that. America is to That's nullify unjust government. Literal purpose. MAGA month is not about Trump. It's, it's, it's about making America great again. And that means if you go out and pick up trash, you've made America great again. Yep. If you, like Scott Pressler does. If you go out and register people to vote, you are making America great again. It doesn't matter if it's Trump or DeSantis or whatever. The point is start locally, build community, meet your neighbors, have a barbecue, invite friends over, learn from each other and build those strong community bonds. And that makes America stronger. I mean, I realized that making American flag, make America great again isn't like take it back to where it was when it was great. It's the idea that you're going to continuously do something to make it great over and over and over again. And, right. and and also in doing that, you show people that they don't need a lot of people. They aren't you know socialists or statists or authoritarians or whatever. They 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 veer into those things because they don't see a viable alternative. They're not shown a viable alternative for how they can be. We all want the same things. We want to be safe. We want to be healthy. We want to be happy. We want to be prosperous. And if we can show that by building communal bonds that we can do those things together voluntarily and not needing some centrally planned authority making some caricature approximation of it that makes everything worse, we can actually reduce the, their power that is in people's heads of the legitimacy of their bad ideas by showing them a much better alternative, which is us working together. All right, let's read some more. We got Travis Bost. He says, hey, Spike, Tim, the Libertarian Party of Eastern Panhandle Convention is July 16th. You and your friends are cordially invited. What day is the 16th? I think it's a Saturday. The Saturday? I'm not sure. I'll let me check. Is let me that see. in West Virginia? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I am sorry. I didn't pass that on to you. You are, in fact, invited to speak. I passed it on to Seamus. Oh, I don't know if I, I didn't speak. It to you. But yeah, so it's over in the Eastern Panhandle. I, I'll send you the details if you want it. You said the 16th? Yeah, what yeah, day is that? that is I will, Saturday. unfortunately, be at Freedom Fest Saturday? in Vegas. Yeah, Saturday. Oh, Saturdays we can do Saturday. That'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be fun, To right? go to a Libertarian party You should thing. go. You should definitely go. Yeah. Well, 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 let me... Uh, let bring me, the let porcupine. Me. Whoever let brought me. the porcupine to the West Virginia Convention, bring the porcupine. And Tim will definitely come. Well, I don't know. I'm penciling it in. Actually, I only, have, I only have a pen, but <laughs> if I can't. That's permanent. You can't erase that. <laughs> he just penned <laughs> it in. He just Let penned it in. Pencil that in. Uh, no, that actually does sound fun. Uh, where exactly is it going to be? I know I'll, it's in I'll the Eastern there. Panhandle, but we're basically there. Yeah. So um, are there going to be wings? Because if you got wings. Chicken wings? Chicken wings. Oh. Bring wings. Yeah. Hit the bell, bring Extra wings. Bring some eggs. Some yeah. farm fresh eggs for everybody. Well, I'm not going to fry eggs at a liberty. No, no, you just bring, <laughs> bring the raw uh, eggs. I, I heard they had plant-based human meat. Dude, we got to talk about that. Maybe on the after show. Did you guys, so they're actually, this is on Twitter. Um, Was it Maji Nawaz tweeted this out that no. a vegan burger made to taste like human meat received an award in Cannes. This is Who not a joke. Tested the Let's New talk, York we'll, Post. We'll talk about that for the members. An award at Cannes? I'm not asking. I mean... It does kind of sound like something the Libertarian Party might do. Be like, it's about freedom. If you want to eat people, it's not real people, but you're free to do If you want to simulate eating people. <laughs> with consent. Simulate crime. Simulate. I don't know. Like, what if a person consented to being eaten after they died? Like, the Libertarian Party. Oh. Like, I don't think that's like a modern. The Libertarian Party has been in favor of some weird stuff in the past. Not that. That's why I'm bringing it up. Like when the guy took his pants off. 
Or when they booed some guy. Yeah, saying, I mean, there's taking your pants off, and there's you can eat me after I die. And I, yeah. I feel like well, there's also didn't, didn't they? Didn't they? Some guy say? Uh, didn't someone say they shouldn't sell drugs to children? And they got booed. What? Yeah, Austin Peterson. Said oh that. yeah, yeah. 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 heroin five year olds. No, no, they're limits. All right, all right. Let's read some more. DC says. Ian, it's a big leap to call Christianity a cult, but your point about targeting the individual over the group is spot on. Thanks, man. I, I was, we were talking about it before the show. I, I think all religions are cults. Um, it's not an insult. It's just an observation. But then like all belief structures are cults, regardless. I don't know about that. It's the organization of religions that make them cults. Is it bad to be a cult? Not necessarily, but you just got to identify the, the cult behaviors, like some believing cults, things that aren't real. Yeah, like cults, like there's there's this impermeable magnetic field that allows us to communicate and commune with the universe. Mm, that might, that's maybe. not provable. If, that's if, I people, if I had people sit around me and repeat after me and say it, then yeah, that would be very cult. I mean, any you could argue if you go that far that anything that has presuppositional beliefs that cannot be challenged is is a cult. And and like the there are five lights, for instance. Picard Card knows there's four, but they're like, just say that there are five. Even though we know that you know it's not real, we want you to say it out loud to acknowledge that you're one of us. And I feel like going to a church and having them having you repeat stuff like, no one's this bread is actually a physical, is his human body, or a woman wasn't, the impregnated by a ghost thing is like, it's not right in front of you, but when you have a piece of bread in front of you and you're made to say that it's a guy's body, you're not made to. Well, they ask you to repeat it. And you can walk out. You can, or yeah. you can become one of them. If you want to. And if you want to become Catholic. Whereas Picard was tortured and electrocuted. Yeah, that's a different story. In, in yeah. the 1500s, you would get tortured for not and Not today, it. though. All right, let's see. <laughs> let's read some more. Waffle Sensei says, the beloved and empirical, Elon will just reinstate Jordan Peterson. Why would he cave now when it's basically guaranteed he'll be back I, I, on? I, yeah, I think that that's the long game, yeah. October, I think, was what they're saying. That the Is that deal, what they're saying? Okay. Yeah, the deal should be closed by October. Yeah, that's I don't know for sure, game. though. That could just be scuttlebutt. I, it, I mean, uh, look at all the scuttlebutt that's gotten us where we are so far with this deal, <laughs> right? But, but I mean, that, <laughs> that would – if you wanted to play the game of I'd never, you know, bend to anyone's will, even on something that, you know, in and of itself isn't – necessarily the hill many would die on it's the hill i'll die on because i'll die on every hill that's kind of his brand right like there isn't a hill i won't die on and then and then to have elon musk come in and say well we're you know you're going to be allowed to say that i mean what an ultimate victory there plus that coupled with the daily wire announcement and everything else is like jordan peterson's king of the world babylon b coming back at the same time would be huge all that all right let's see Bree sullivan says are you serious about trump banning people it was reported, I'm not saying it's completely, it's true because, you know, I don't trust these media outlets, that people were getting banned off Truth Social for pushing uh, January 6th reporting. Like, they were, they were saying, like, here's what January 6th the committee is saying and doing, and they were getting banned. I kind of feel like I don't trust them when they report that because it's probably, you know, leftists and liberals going on Truth Social and breaking the rules, but including January 6th so they can be like, look, look what I was banned for, and it's like... Yeah, like I said, my friend Reed, and I'm not going to repeat it because we're on a YouTube live stream, but we'll put up stuff that uh, should not be violating what they purport to be their terms. But it's like you know, sacred cows in right. the in the in the, on the right, and uh, and and very quickly gets banned, like minutes. Oh, yeah. I don't know Truth Social, but knowing him, he's already done it because he did it with all of them. Um, so I'm sure he's done it with them too. All right. Anthony Zavaro says, Jordan Peterson joining the Daily Wire was the straw that broke the camel's back that made me join Daily Wire Plus. The culture war pendulum swings. And, and I will say this too. 
the more power the Daily Wire generates through subscriptions, the more they're able to sign people like Jordan Peterson, which will in turn make the snowball get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to say, Daily Wire is the new CNN. I don't mean that in a way that's derogatory. CNN at one point was groundbreaking. Yep. In yep. The, in yep. the, it was in the 80s, right? They, they were like, we're going to do news 24-7. Yep. And then all of a sudden you had this big deal. This, they, this, they created the 24-hour news cycle. And it was a big deal. It was a yeah. cultural shift. Yeah. And now they're imploding. Yeah. And the Daily Wire is taking off, displacing, you know, they're, they're the new upstart. Um, they're the first to do a streaming video on demand service. But uh, I got to say, get woke, go broke has never been truer. These big streaming networks are just resting on their laurels. Yes, we know what CBS is. And so people sign up for it. But the Daily Wire is building and proving they're, they're actually building something new. They're earning their place. That's meritocracy. And we're going to see it. Their movies are going to improve. Their shows are going to improve. And we're going to be like, yo, I didn't want to watch. Have you guys watched Ms. Marvel? Have no. you guys seen it? No. Did you watch it? I didn't, but we talked about it on the show a few times. And I am watching this show. It was cartoonishly show. bad. It is beyond. It is a, it is, okay. I heard they actually used the word Latinx yes. on the show. My. Let me tell you about Ms. Marvel. Miss Marvel is a show which is a high school course on British colonialism in Pakistan. That's what the show is. Because I swear they say partition every five minutes. And then there's a scene in one of the episodes where they're like, they're in, uh, they're in Pakistan. And then they're like walking and they're talking about like, you've got magic powers. By the way, this is a house where people were forced to live because of partition. Colonialism had terrible, caused terrible problems in this country. And then they start walking and I'm like, what? What did that have to do with anything in the show? They're genies being attacked by the government, and you want to stop to pause to give me a lesson on partition? Yo. That's most important. The show is so bad. But, you know, I watch this because, like, I want to know. I want, I, I, you know, I want to review it myself, and I'm a big fan of Marvel, and watching this, I'm like, come on, man. Like, I think Miss Marvel's cool. I played the Avengers video game. I dig it. But just, I'm not here for a lesson on partition and British colonialism in India. Okay, so uh, can we just move the story on as to why this little girl, like this teenager, has got magic powers? And can we just have fun and mm-hmm. inspire and create a strong female character who saves the day? The answer is no. That? No. Yeah, you can. Well, and it's—I think that I mean not unless you recognize partition. That's right. You know, I, oh, she travels back in time to partition. I, like, I, I, try, I try to picture the condescension and the low effort that's being put into trying to create so-called diversity by saying. You know, you know, remember Thor? Well, now she's black. And it's like, how, you know, why not instead? I mean, there's all sorts of African folklore. Why not create new characters and have them be black and female or gay or whatever else? Like, why take existing characters and say, oh, it's okay. We're going to include you. It, it, hand it, me downs. Because it's, it is, it's, it's a about character assassination of the original fan base. Well, and it's also, it's, it's, and it's that, done out of contempt. Well, that's a great way to make yeah. money. <laughs> but it's not about making money. Well, I think it's ideologues who have nothing to lose. But even if it's ideological, right? Like if I have this ideological desire to spread diversity, this isn't diversity. This is like, uh, this is, it's, it's almost like a, a weird kind of blackface. Like it's like, it's like saying this character, this, you know, and again, I'm using Thor. I don't even know if they've changed Thor, but they changed you know, Thor to you know, a woman, but uh, it's Natalie Portman. Okay. Well, but that's just, she, she took possession of 
Mjolnir. Fair well, enough. But, but if... I don't think the storyline for, for the Mighty Thor is actually as bad as a lot of people complained about. And, and I, I picked... I, I don't know. follow any of this, but I've just seen so many examples of like, okay, this character is now, you know, uh, gay or black or Muslim or whatever else. And it's like, why not instead have a new character that is that and that is uniquely that Agreed. person? Like it, that seems like that would be far more powerful and empowering and I- inclusive and in, 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 in embracing diversity than just saying this one's black now. Right. It's like here's an existing character. Uh, we're gonna just make him Latino, I guess, so that it's like no, no, no. Make it make a new hero. Right. Thor's unique because it's whoever picks up the hammer becomes Thor. Like and Eric Masterson was one at one point. There was a guy before Eric Masterson. I yeah, that might not Thor. have been a good example, but just uh, Superman or whatever. It's I think like it's be- it's, yeah. I think it's because they are not as creative as like Stanley. They're afraid to take risks and to create something that'll fall on its face. Well, and that's they, they, that's they, something they, that's about to fall apart. Then, they, right? They, if they, you're not disrupting and creating new things, then you end up becoming stagnant. They're pod apart. people who are wearing these institutions. Like skin suits, they're lizards. Let's read some. More. Let's read some more. <laughs> All right, Bonnie says, Alberton here. Can you guys please just annex us? It would be amazing, and no more Trudeau had so many scandals. He should be in jail. Only prime minister in history to be found to violate ethic laws. They have oil too, dude. I thought of that while we were talking. About how badass? How awesome if we were all? I mean, I think. If they saw if if the American Canada became one United States and we were all like living in this decentralized freedom state, like able to do it, Mexico is the United States of Mexico. That's the yeah. name of the country. Yeah. So like if we, I understand that centralization isn't the isn't the goal. I don't want like a federal government controlling the Canadians, but dude, we're basically the same people with like these similar ideals and like it's very. I think I want to work from the bottom up to nullify the bad crap we have and then export that elsewhere. Like create a domino effect of people more locally and more in tune with their actual community, their actual culture. And culture, by the way, does not have to be geographical or ethnic or or anything like that. It can be values-based. It can be an online community that spans the entire globe. Community-based decentralized order with a eye towards nullifying the bad centrally planned order that's being imposed on them. That's something that can become essentially worldwide, but it's focused at the local level and it's focused on the empowerment of the individual and on voluntary solutions over bad coerced ones. All right, let's read this one. We got uh, Albidam says, Tim, per the UCMJ, Uniform, Uniform Code for Military Justice, if a crime were to happen on a military base or off, the federal authorities, base commander, defense counsel, have jurisdiction over the military member first, as far as active duty goes. Yes. And on the military base, they have like exclusive rights to, right. to criminally try. But the, the, the point I was trying to get at with that is, what happens when you get to the point where the ideology is too strong? Yep. And someone in the state says, this person who lives in our city yep. took a baby against its will to be killed on a, on a military base. Imagine it this way. If there's a baby kidnapped... And brought into a military base and then killed and then the person comes back off, you might actually get people in the state rioting and demanding justice. It may then fall upon the federal government and say, okay, they literally killed a baby. But if the federal government doesn't recognize that as a crime, you could end up with people rioting. You could end up with the federal government saying, we will do nothing, and that's the point of conflict. So it's uh, it's like you were saying, the reality of power. Reality of power. The states have way more power at the state level. They got the guns. They got the numbers. So it's just a question of, I understand it's not legal. But secession wasn't according to Buchanan either. It yep. didn't stop them. Yep. Will we get to that point where it reminds me of V for Vendetta when the um, 
What is it? The inspector says someone will eventually do something stupid. And then it shows the little girl skipping wearing the mask and then the cop shoots her. And then all of yep. the locals yep. just walk up and just beat the cop to death. Yep. Yep. They don't care what was legal at that point. Yep. Will, will we come to the point with abortion? And I've talked about this before. If blue state, if, if we get a national born on a bat, uh, born, a national ban on abortion because Republicans end up uh, uh, codifying it. Yep. Mike Pence says he wants it nationwide, just yep. not enforced by the federal government. Seamus says he wants a national ban. If blue states then say, no, we won't stop. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you think there are, there's one person in this country who would, who would take it upon themselves to, to stop them were it codified illegal nationwide? One person. To stop uh, the, the implementation. Let's say implementation federal of- government, Congress codifies because Republicans sweep in November, then Trump gets reelected and he yeah. signs this bill and then abortion is banned across the country. Mm-hmm. California says, nope, we're still going to keep doing it. Do you think there is one person in the United States for anywhere that would be like, I'm going to go to California to stop it? Oh, uh, to, to stop the Californians? Yeah. To stop, yes. Do you, and it's, it's quite possible the federal government even does. Yeah. Because if the federal government says it's illegal at oh, the federal level, a standoff. Yeah. then yeah. the federal government will go and enforce the law, which they say supersedes, if the will is there. Because, yeah. you know, marijuana is illegal, but they're not going into these states. So it really just depends on if they're willing to do it. That's the point. The willingness to reach that, that level of, of, of clash. Yeah. The will of the people. If you will. That's part of the reality of power is, is whose side are the majority of people on because they're also the ones voting. They're the ones making these kinds of like decisions of what they're willing to tolerate. So, I mean, there are many different factors when you're figuring out power. It's not just guns and and numbers. It's also like the perception of what's right or wrong by the, by the plurality or the majority. And all those things play into that. I I mean, it can become a pretty big mess pretty quickly. All right. Steven uh, Geiger says USMC vet here. How will the military be able to provide abortions with the Hyde amendment in effect? That's a good point. Good question. They say they currently do. Oh, because federal government can't F- provide funding for it. But if but they said they currently do. Now there is the very serious clash of has the. Wow, I can't. Give me. A, I don't remember this. Has the Hyde Amendment been repealed? Yeah, tell me about the Hyde Amendment. Really. So quick. the Hyde Amendment is basically an amendment that was added at some point uh, to, I believe, Medicare funding uh, that said that uh, that the um, that the federal government dollars cannot be used directly for abortions. So even like Title IX funding for Medicare uh, or Medicaid um, supposedly isn't supposed. It can go to Planned Parenthood, but it can't go towards the abortions. It can go towards everything else, and then that frees up money for the abortions. But it can't go towards the actual abortions. This would be a case where they are actually funding abortions but now i'm trying to remember if the hyde amendment is still in in effect or not i think it is all right we got jesse meek he says i'm a member of the timcast website and simply can't send a pitch i've tried several times a day for 10 days now and can't even report the problem is there a problem with the site um i don't know we'll check we'll look into that to make sure but we've also we don't accept pitches anymore right uh, because we can't we can't we shut down the email yeah we shut down the email That's we can't why. we can't accept pitches so, um, too many legal implications because if you, if you send a pitch and then I don't even read it, but then we end up making the thing coincidentally, you can come at me for it's stealing just, your idea and it's not worth it. It just makes people angry. Yeah. It's, it's just better that we don't do it. Um, it's, it's not so, but so it's, it's just basically like we, we don't want there to be any, um, misconceptions or ill will because you couldn't respond. All right, 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 yeah. right. And then people are like, I had this idea and then we had a similar idea and it's just like, it's better. It's better that we just take, um, Solicited pitches directly, which is the reality of the industry. You know, I will say, we try to be scrappy and punk rock, but every day we learn exactly why businesses function the way they do. Right? <laughs> and um, 
you know, I, I've got I've got friends at bigger companies. I won't name them, uh, big CEOs, and they're like, it really is just the more people you hire, the more you become corporate. Not yep. not by choice, by regulation. Yep. So like, we're learning a lot about what the government mandates, mm. and it's crazy. Yep. You know, people are like, man, my job sucks. The way they do these policies, and I'm like, oh, those are legal. Those are, those are legally enforced Very policies. Important. Like the government makes them do it. So that's the reality of growing a big company. Yep. Nothing you can do about it. So it's like stop your company from growing too big yep. so you can stay being small and just having fun yep. or try and have a big cultural impact. And then the government steps in and says, now you have to do all of these things. And then yep. they're like, or oh, then we can move our banks to Panama and become a multinational megacorp that lives outside of government bounds. Like you see why that happens. Yeah. You, you either there, there is not. You are not allowed to climb a steady ladder. You have to choose a lane. And the lane is either you grow pat, you grow up to a certain point and you don't get any bigger because it's not worth the hassle. You dive into it and become a company that, you know, is making way more money, but is just subject to so much regulation and becomes uh, almost stagnant as a result. Or you go to the next level where you just own everything. And you see like someone like Jeff Bezos, like Amazon literally has gone through each of those stages. Uh, and to the point now where Jeff Bezos is like buying entire media companies and, you know, putting out hit pieces. Uh, against the Pentagon because they didn't approve his $10 billion no-bid deals. And like it's you know, almost like becoming Lex Luthor where he originally started his company out of a small office and went from small business all the way up to you know uh, uh, the biggest mega company ever almost. So that's, that's, that's the progression of what happens. And that's all because of the fascist corporatist system that government imposes on the market. All right. B. Anderson says, if they're not going to enforce abortion bans on federal property, what's going to stop them from not enforcing acts against little one's crimes? I'm thinking about this. This is interesting. I, I tried looking up instances instances in which something is illegal at the state level, but not the federal level, and I can't. Yeah. It's really hard to find. It's usually not that way, yeah. right? Yeah. But now we're there. Yeah. So let's say um, the government says, you know what, marijuana federally legal because yeah. the Democrats are really pushing it. We got some libertarian types in Congress. It may happen, but then you have a state like uh, West Virginia where it's illegal. And they're going to say, yeah, well, federal law supersedes state law. But hold yeah. on, hold on. There's they're, they're taking the law off the books. Just because it's not criminalized at the federal level doesn't mean you can do it. So what happens then if you have people in West Virginia going onto federal bases to do illegal drugs, as, as, as West Virginia would see it? Mm -hmm. Are they going to be like, we're okay with this? What if it goes even crazier? What if the Democrats actually say, like, heroin? And now you have heroin addicts wandering off federal property – for whatever, maybe, maybe a military base and they're all strung out and they're causing problems in the state. And the state's like, we're, we got to arrest these people. Like, I don't think the state would tolerate people going into a military base, committing serious crimes and then coming out. The thing that might be worth looking into is post prohibition. You had, you know, it was legal but regulated right. at the federal level, but there were still many dry states and towns for quite some time after that. The dry states now, it's more like, you know, you can't drink it in a restaurant or whatever. But, like, there used to be, like, it's still illegal in this town. Do not be caught drinking or, or possessing it here. It would be interesting to see if there were any cases where, like, there was a military base there and there were people getting drunk on base and then, you know, wandering out into town and, and whether or not they tried to arrest them because of that. I would guess that it would be no that it would be because federal usurp state 
uh, and it is federal property that they would likely say, no, you can't do that. But again, reality of power comes into place. If it, if it reaches a cultural level, if it cre- reaches a political level where it is p- most politically expedient for the people in charge at that state to, to say, you know what, we're going to enforce it anyway. We don't care what the Supreme Court says. We don't say, say, care what the White House says. We don't care what anyone says. We're going to do it anyway. Then the rule of law doesn't even mean anything. All right. We'll get one more here. Quickly saw six says the army doesn't allow it under article 119A and TRICARE does not cover it. You need an ETP signed by a general officer after your provider gave you a memo saying you will die if you keep going. Perhaps they're just blowing hot air. The Pentagon is just saying, well, we're going to keep doing it, but they really don't do it anyway. It could very well be. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, and hit the, hit bell. the bell. Hit the bell. That's right. Hit that bell. <laughs> and head over to TimCast.com. Become a member because we're only about 800 and some odd thousand subscribers away from catching up to the Daily Wire. <laughs> so if we can get, if we can get 800, th- if we can get all 1.3 million people to subscribe, we'll be beating the, da- yeah, okay. But uh, subscribe, support our work because we're trying to get to that point as well. Yes. Doing new shows, hiring more and more people, and we're expanding quite rapidly. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me personally at Timcast. Spike, you want to shout anything out? Absolutely. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm Spike Cohen. I'm on all social media. Uh, I also have a, a show, uh, actually a multi-time-a-week show uh, on Muddied Waters Media. Uh, that's muddywatersmedia.com. We, too, are a scan 800 and so thousand away from <laughs> uh, subscribers away from beating uh, the Daily Wire. Uh, so if you join us over at anchor.fm slash muddywaters, you can become a subscriber today. Uh, and uh, if you want to find out more about the grassroots revolution for liberty that we are building to set communities free and grow the liberty movement in America, uh, go to youarethepower.net and see how you can get involved. You can find me on Instagram or WeChat at Closer Kitty. Sometimes I post articles on TimCast.com and I promote them there. And I also want all of you to go in droves to Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube and subscribe and hit the bell, I guess. I never say that. Um, <laughs> I got to pop in and talk about Ms. Marvel. I want to yeah. do a review. I'm going to be like... I, I mean, do morning. it, yeah. If I get work done on time. Come you guys go live at 3, I have to get done Yeah, come then. tomorrow, I'll be on. Oh, I can't. Tim on Pop Culture? I can't do it tomorrow. <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see. Maybe next week with Miss Marvel. Yeah, well, we go live every weekday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and noon Pacific, so come join us. That's right. Come join us tomorrow, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Pop Culture Crisis, I'll be there. I'm looking forward to it. I am Ian Crossland from iancrossland.net. Hit me up anytime you like. Spike, great to meet you, man. Yeah, good talking. Good to meet you too. Man. Thank you so much. I mean, it was really concise, really nice. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. See you later. Very nice pop culture crisis evening. I'm really glad they crossed over the thirty thousand threshold, and excited for what the future holds for them for sure. Brett works very hard on that show, and Mary's great addition too. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sarah Patchlids, as well as the site that Annie made for me called SarahPatchlids.me. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.